there comic clan welcome to the latest episode of comics from the cross the greatest streamers you have never heard of i of course am always your host cross and yet again i am not joined by nitro nitro is still enjoying his vacation away but i do have a very special guest with me today um, as we're talking about amazing spider-man spider-man has joined us today on the podcast thank you for being here man hey everybody yeah it's a pleasure to be here i'm excited to talk about all my all my adventures as spider-man it's gonna be great it's gonna be a great time yeah and i love wearing you know even the spider-man hoodie and stuff showing off your own merchandise i, I don't blame you at all you know you do that advertising game yeah you know you gotta do what you gotta do and i'm here to just tell everybody who the real spider-man is so you know that's it man that's it that's all you can do mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. not gonna lie i'm tempted to keep this bit going just to see how long i can get him to keep wearing the mask for <laughs> yep uh, uh it's already getting foggy so i'm gonna go ahead and <laughs> go ahead take it off. Off. i like gotta keep this going and keep him with the mask on for longer and I've, uh the reveal of spider-man is i of course i'm joined by isaac from the infinity bros thank you isaac again for coming back in the show the infinity bros uh, massive supporters of the channel been connected with them for a long time if you've been watching the show for any length of time you've no doubt heard us mention the infinity bros and we're so glad that you could come back on and spend some time with us today talking about the amazing spider-man movies man yeah dude i am super pumped to get going talking about these i get a lot of things to say i already was arguing with some people last night and today about <laughs> stuff on twitter so i did I've see got, some of that. I got I did. all the thoughts <laughs> It's going to be good. Right, I hope I've got the channel right, so I've done a shout-out. If you're not following the Infinity Bros here on Twitch already, that link is in the chat. Go ahead and click on that. Give them a follow. Show them some love. They're an amazing group of guys for the the few of them I've actually interacted with. I don't know if I've actually met and spoke with all of you all yet. I think I've talked back and forth with most of you. You you definitely were on the episode with Max, and you've probably interacted with Jarrett because he streams a little bit. Yeah, I've I've Uh, talked with Jarrett when he does. Mark and Zane are the other Infinity Bros. I don't know if you've met those guys, but... uh... But yeah, they're I don't they're around. Think so, yeah, um, I think I've I think I've met most of y'all like either mm-hmm. through Twitch, through right. y'all being on our podcast, or us being on yours. Um, yeah. So the goal is to meet all of you eventually. At least that's the first step. <clears throat> good, that's a good goal. Uh, I don't remember if it was you or if it was um, Lucas from the uh, Good Morning Guys podcast. One of you guys were saying that you wanted to like collect all of us like infinity stones I yes don't that's right. was that you yes that's my that goal was... my goal is to be the infinity gauntlet and have all the mm. infinity bros together on one show that is that is my goal robbie robbie's in chat and he says that's <laughs> not gonna happen yes yeah, i'm cool. robbie it's gonna happen i didn't say it's gonna happen soon at some point i will make it happen someday before like, we all die like i'm at the start happen. of my podcast game here i could i can go a while for this I mean, this could yeah, be years could, in the we future we could both be going for like 60 plus years with the this podcasting thing so exactly know, this could go on a long time. time at some point i will do it you know <laughs> I, if i have to Love do a 24 it. hour podcast and get you all on for a special thing if i have to do like it's oh, the yeah. last podcast ever so we're getting everybody on we'll find a way it will make it happen I think um, maybe if if Robbie's gonna you know continue to to refuse to be on it, maybe <laughs> we make that a goal for our next fundraiser. Uh, Robbie appears on Comics on the Cross, so I don't know. Yeah, we'll that's see. it. Robbie got Max see... to watch The Princess Bride, so hey, anything can happen after that. Right, you know? Anything can happen. Uh, Robbie sure. in the in the chat is saying I'm announcing my retirement right now. 
<laughs> wow. All right. Oh, okay then. Feeling the love. Good thing there. you got on this last episode this weekend, huh, Robbie? It's a good final send off. That's it. A send off for us. Um, also shout out as well to Co-op Trio Podcast. Thank you so much, guys, hey. for um, dropping a follow for us. We greatly appreciate it. Welcome to the Comic Clan. Glad you can be here to join us today. Yeah, I've been seeing a lot of the Co-op uh, Trio Podcast. I've, I'll have to queue up their their podcast and take a listen to it. But I've yeah. been seeing them on a lot of Twitch streams and stuff. So Yeah, they've started cool. um, streaming on Twitch. Honestly, I kind of followed them because I literally clicked onto their page on Twitch because it said podcast. And I'm like, ooh. Yeah, it was literally like an intrigue thing, but they seem like a really cool group of people. I've managed to pop into the the streams a few times. I've still to check out the actual podcast itself, um, and they said, of course, for the follow, like, thank you so much, we appreciate it. So, let me do a quick shout. They do some streaming, and um, I need to get used to doing a shout out thing. That's what happens when you get a fancy bot. You don't know. Skeets is pretty fancy. I mean, he is. He's like he's he's fancy. He's probably too fancy for me to know what I'm doing. There we go. So go ahead, <laughs> click on that link, and give the follow to the Co-op Trio podcast. And Sweet. great group of people. Go and give them some love. They've been playing, and I think they've been streaming. Excuse me, pretty much every night this week. And wow. they've been streaming some Fall Guys. Obviously, that's the big game right now. Uh, also, been a couple of streams of Alan Wake that I've caught, which has been pretty cool. Going about Ooh, you know nice. old school horror sort of psychological sort of side of it's things on my backlog with a lot of games but that's yeah i've heard lots of good <laughs> things about it so yeah so it was like go and give them a, a check out guys i absolutely appreciate it um so yeah let us let me jump into mentioning our sponsor before we go into the news for this week up above our co-host isaac over there and um, you will see gamer grind co that is our official sponsor let me throw up a link in the, the chat and go ahead and click on that link you can check out some gamer grind co and the number one coffee for gamers hashtag on that grind and you can definitely go ahead and check them out they've got some amazing products we just received our most recent one and we do like a we've purchased like a random subscription thing my wife and i so like we get a random like 16 ounce bag every month from them and and they just absolutely showed us love and sent us we tried all the flavors that were their original 16 ounce and they sent us two bags of 10 ounces this month Dude, um, nice. for streamers who are like or people that they support or sponsor which if you heard me um, speaking to Lewis Southerd last week I'm 100% getting one of these when they become available to purchase again like Comics and the Cross is getting its own coffee that is a thing I'm going to make happen eventually that sounds amazing that would be awesome um, but we got some rage mode from Super Bias I'll put a link for him in the chat he's a Twitch streamer as well and then for musician um biscotti blend from vanilla biscotti who is a rapper and um, so we'll be looking forward to checking those out if you want to get some of that amazing coffee for yourself go ahead and click on the link i put in the chat and use comics in the cross at checkout to save five percent on purchases and while you're there pick up a comics in the cross mug and sticker because that's exclusive in their store right now so go ahead and do that and be on the lookout for once we are able to finally get it for comics in the cross coffee which i their stuff's out of stock right now, but once it's in stock, I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to get us some coffee. Got the name for it and everything is going to be happening. Um, Co-op Trio podcasting, you guys rock. Eating breakfast, though, got a lurk. No problem at all. Hang out, lurk. I do not mind lurkers. And if you're lurking as well, let us know that you're here and lurking. If you don't want to interact with the chat, if you're just sitting listening, they threw hash, um, hashtag, no, exclamation mark even. 
lurk in the chat saying um, Co-op Trio Podcast is currently lurking. They step back and observe quietly from the shadows. So uh, we do not mind lurkers at all on this channel. If you want to come in and lurk, you're more than welcome to. Isaac is one of our frequent lurkers when he listens to the podcast on Sunday, so we do not mind that one bit. All right, Absolutely. so... There's actually quite a bit of news from this week. I, I wasn't expecting yeah. this much news. Like last week, there was like nothing. There was like two <laughs> things. Like, that. like it's so weird because <laughs> this isn't such a weird like couple months we've been going through. So like you're almost like looking for anything that you can bring up as news because movies aren't coming out. Like TV shows finally are starting to come out again. But yeah, and like it's news really has been weird. Weird. So it's yeah, it's the same thing on our podcast. We usually have a segment called Nerd News. And like some weeks you're really like just looking for anything that you can bring up as news. And then other weeks you have so much to get through. Like it's, it's kind of a weird, we've been actually going through a spurt where there's been like this year, I feel like there's been a ton of DC news and Marvel's kind of been like sitting back and just, I think they're, they must be like prepping for their next like phase and stuff like that. Like I think well, I when think, the I think that DC's also prepping right now because uh, for anyone that's not aware, DC's doing a complete interactive um, con online, essentially called DC Fandom, um, and it's going to be on the twenty second, I believe. I think it's the twenty second. Yeah, I so think it's, it's like... I think it's that twenty second is the first day. There might be multiple days. Maybe yeah. I'm wrong on that. I think, that, I I think, think there's a few days, but the twenty second yeah. is the first official day. So like less than a week. So like next Saturday's the first official kickoff for it. And there's a whole bunch of stuff they're talking about. There's gonna be a whole bunch of people there for and uh, for panels, talking about movies, talking about games, talking about TV, like talking about the comics themselves. There's there's so much lined up for that. So I feel like with that we've been getting a lot of DC stuff kinda of starting to come through the cracks. Whereas, like, Marvel, we've really not had much. At least in the yeah, last The Marvel stuff weeks. we have had, it just seems like it's just rumors flying around. Like, there isn't any, like, confirmed news, actually. Whereas on the DC side, there's actually been, you know, actually stuff happening. So, interesting. Yeah, so, jumping into some DC stuff. So, the, the major, major DC announcement this week is that DC, along with Warner Brothers has basically had a mass release of staff. Like, to the point of, like, people were freaking out and, like, Jim Lee, the the executive at the head of DC Comics right now, had to make a statement saying, yes, we're still going to be producing comic books. Like, it was that much of a massive layoff that people thought that was it. DC Comics is done. Like, that's how many people have been let off, like, to the point of people wondered if, like, if DC was going under. Well, there was rumors probably like over a month ago now too that DC was gonna like stop producing comics like in general, and it was like, I mean, <laughs> kind of strange that you would even hear those rumors considering, you know, they're like I would even say as far as comics go, like DC's really the company that everybody has to live up to. Like even Marvel, Marvel does an awesome job with their comics, but DC's comics are fantastic. So that's. Yeah just it's crazy that that rumor is even coming up and then and then with this going on it's like man yeah. the, those rumors always crazy. circulate like you know dc and marvel especially like especially with how successful the movies have been and they're pushing the tv shows and all this like there's been plenty of talks like especially of disney doing it to marvel like liquidating marvel comics because what's the point they've got the intellectual properties there's no way in the world like if you look at 
at Disney's like income and like Warner Brothers income. Marvel and DC's comic branches are like blips on the radar. Like they yeah, could shut right. those doors and they would never notice. Yeah. But exactly. what they care about is the intellectual property. Like Marvel making movies, that makes DC money. Uh, makes them um, Disney money. Yeah. Selling right. products, selling toys, selling clothes, selling you know backpacks, whatever it is. Like that's what makes the money. The comics don't. They just exist to kind of keep creating stuff that they can take for other things. Really. Right. Yeah, um, man. If that ever came down to it, where you know DC or Warner Brothers and Disney both were like, you know what, this is not making us financial impact for us, so we're just gonna shut it down. Like, man, that would be so devastating for comic book fans. Like, I can't even imagine. Yeah, It'd be nuts. And that's the thing. Like, I remember hearing someone talking about it as well. Like, something they could even do is like sell their characters off to other like publishing houses like idw right. is already publishing like kid-friendly marvel content yeah that's so, like, true and then they could you know they could just retain the movie like film rights and just you know sell the basically the publishing like comic book rights to yeah because it's it's still on the characters and everything they just mm-hmm. be like canning over the publishing duties to like someone like idw is like right it, i mean it's possible I don't think it's going to happen though. I think it's all rumors at the point, yeah. but but I think it kind of shocked people when a company like DC, who especially in comic book terms, it's one of the big two. Like Marvel and DC are the are the two big companies, the pop culture icon superheroes, mm-hmm. who are backed by multi million dollar companies. Oh yeah, yeah. To see mass layoffs happening in one of those companies is a scary thing. It is, yeah, yeah. It's definitely a bummer for everybody involved and and hopefully that doesn't you know make an impact on on comic book production or or anything else either but you know it's like like you were saying with the numbers involved like you almost have to speculate like there's got to be some kind of downsizing within the company that oh yeah so many people are getting laid off so yeah hopefully that really doesn't impact a whole lot of the production from the company but oh yeah absolutely i mean it's like for it to be that mass it's like i'm I'm waiting for some sort of news that something's happened you know like i i that has to have been a reason and so jumping from dc over to the marvel stuff rumors circulating of our possible i don't want to say casting because it's still in talks and stuff but someone that could be joining the mcu as one of the mutants of the x-men Apparently the rumor going around now is Shia LaBeouf, you know, I, I don't even need to explain who he is, everyone knows who Shia LaBeouf is, you know. Do it! One way or another. <laughs> Somebody know, Everybody knows who he is, one way or another. You know who he is at this point, it's like, I don't know where you know him from, but you know him. Um, as in talks to play Iceman in a future Marvel X-Men movie. What do you think of this possible casting, like, of Shia LaBeouf first of all joining the MCU? And then the Iceman is a character they've lined them up to play. I I actually don't mind it. Like a lot of people, he's kind of one of those actors that a lot of people either hate or absolutely love. And I'm I'm honestly kind of like right in the middle. I I really do. I think he's a good actor. He's been in a couple like stinkers, but I mean he himself is not a terrible actor. So I think he could really shine in a in a like a superhero role. I know it's been almost years that a rumor's been floating around that he was in 
or he maybe it was just a fan casting even but like him playing moon knight was a thing for for a while oh. uh so right I, and that would be i think that would fit him pretty well honestly um and you know just like looking at a picture of him you'd think yeah he could make a pretty good ice man too i don't know I, I think he's a good enough actor to probably handle whatever role he's thrown but the source that i that i saw was uh we got this covered which is very like pretty much all their articles are like rumor articles yeah. they're not they're not like they don't ever put any forth any like sources or anything like that so i would say that this is more of a rumor and than anything but still when i heard that i was like oh you know what i'm not mad about it i i could live with that if if that's the case and if they're starting to cast x-men yeah sweet like i'm all for x-men news absolutely and just shout out to the chat hey old tommy how's it going he's saying hi everyone thank you for that host as well brother i absolutely appreciate it uh, go and check out El Tommy as well. You can actually find him at Frozen Orange Gaming. Um, I can't do a shout out link to it because it's over on Facebook. Um, but he does a lot of gaming over on Facebook Gaming. So go nice. and show him some love. Tommy's a good friend that I've made doing the stream and stuff. So go and show him some love over there. Cool. I'll let you get like a Welcome link set up to try and do that because I've got a couple of people over there as well. Um, yeah, you've been uh, you've been active, getting getting to know a lot of different people on Facebook and Twitch and. I guess mix, mixer's not a thing anymore so you can't get to know people on there anymore but yeah most of it was just kind of like randomly kind of adding people like these people seem cool or go and check out these streams and um, a lot of it was through we've raided them a couple of times like get kid dad and um, his community does a lot of like um he's quite happy to share like shout outs and stuff and get people to put ones in chat if you're a streamer nice. and follow um, so I've been kind of connecting with him and finding people on there. So just finding a lot of new people and then they raid people or new people get suggested cause of it. And, you know, you just start finding it, just bouncing about in chats and just saying hi to people. And, yeah. You know, so. Get to know yeah. some people. Yeah, just try to do a little bit of networking, trying to support other streamers. Obviously, you can only support kind of, you know, one at a time, really. You can't. Yeah. That, yeah. That's the biggest tough, issue man. with it like, is like trying to get like streamers when they're all like streaming at the same time. Like, I kind of have <laughs> yeah. to pick one for real because if you start trying yeah. to like lurk in too many chats like twitch starts to like basically identify you as a bot and <laughs> so you can so you can only like do one maybe two if you're lucky you can lurk and watch you know but that's about it yeah. but yeah yeah it definitely is a tough thing because like man there's so many awesome streamers out there and yeah like you said i mean you can open a bunch of tabs but you can only really pay attention to one at a time yeah so yeah it's it's definitely tough to get spread it out and give everybody you know the the awesome like shout outs that they really deserve because there's so many great streamers out there for sure yeah and that's kind of what i want to do in here like if anyone comes in if you're watching the now and you're a streamer like you know let us know in chat i want to give a shout out and especially if you're a smaller streamer i want to try and help you know help these smaller communities that are people that are just love doing what they're doing and busting their butts to do something you know mm -hmm. yeah can't disagree with that really? um but yeah back to the Shia LaBeouf playing Iceman like I'm not a massive Shia LaBeouf fan like I don't absolutely hate the guy or anything like that but I'm like I just I, I don't get why he keeps getting all these massive roles because he keeps <laughs> dropping the ball on stuff and it's like I just I think he's he's one of those actors that has like an, a niche uh like he he acts kind of this kind of the same in a lot of his roles. I wouldn't say he's a one-dimensional actor, but 
he kind of does play the same role in a lot of his movies. Yeah, like, I legitimately grew up watching him, like, when Disney was even Stevens. Like, that <laughs> yeah. old show. And, like, literally the shows where he seems to succeed best, or the movies he succeeds best, he's play basically playing the same character. Right. When yeah. he tries to branch out and stuff, it just it seems to bomb. Like, even his most recent one, was it that movie where he's like the gang lord or like a drug kingpin or something they oh, got yeah. like all yeah, the tattoos he actually, and stuff I, yeah i was gonna say i i saw that he actually got legitimate like tattoos for yeah. that one, like a huge chest tattoo so that's i mean commitment to the role i never watched the movie so i don't know how he does that but like props no, it's like i never committed for your role i guess <laughs> yeah like he done it and then he freaking it bombed apparently like i've not seen it myself yet i've not checked it out but from the ratings that people are giving it it's like it's it's bombing uh, thank you for that follow stay at home gamer absolutely appreciate it and hey, um, massive love welcome to the comic club we're glad you can join us if you're a streamer yourself let us know in chat we'd love to give you a shout out and then um, send people your way love to support each other but thank you so much for that follow i greatly appreciate it as you can it's see cool, in our dude. little barrel we've got going on down here we're on our road to 200 followers and we're at eight, 183 right now so thank you for everyone that's shown us some love towards that and helped us get towards that goal all right our next bit of news i'm very intrigued to talk about this one because it's it's kind of one of the big talking points right now at least online that i've seen um is regarding the live action avatar series um, and i think this news is getting more kind of traction especially with the fact of like you know legend of Korra just dropped on netflix following the successful dropping of like avatar the last airbender the animated um series on netflix um, they've been getting massive views. Avatar was like number one on their Netflix's charts for goodness knows how long. Um, it brought it to the front forefront of people's minds. Netflix announced a little while ago they were going to be doing a live action adaptation of it, and that the creators were involved and were going to be looking to help helm it. And then we got the news this week that Michael Dante DiMartino and Brian. Konitsko, if I'm saying that right, I have no idea. And the creators of Avatar have left. They are no longer involved. The live action show is still going ahead, but they are no longer going to be involved in it. Yeah, man. I so my backstory <sighs> with Avatar, I literally just started watching that show uh like a couple weeks ago. Oh, I've, wow. I'd never watched it. Like I, I didn't watch a lot of TV growing up. Um, and I never just got around to watching it. So when it came on Netflix, I was like, Oh, you know what? There's so many people that say this is literally like the best animated show, um, of all time. So I should probably add this to my list. <laughs> so I finally started watching it and I'm, I'm like probably over a little over halfway through the first season and mm. it's not disappointing so far. It's no. fantastic. So it's, I, I would argue it's not just the best animated show I've seen, but one of the best TV shows I've seen. Like, it doesn't have right. a right to for for a Nickelodeon ripoff of an anime. Yeah. It doesn't have a right to be as good as it is, but it's phenomenal. I, I yeah, I doubt yeah, you're going to be disappointed. So many people that I've talked to about it have like the highest praise for it. So I I had to watch it, and again, it hasn't disappointed yet. So I don't have a, a huge like a lot to stand on uh, for this news because I still haven't watched the entire show, but. From what I've watched, is fantastic, and yeah. anything that the original creators are in on, probably, which is why the 
movie was so bad from what I hear because oh. they weren't involved in it. Oh, I've it even so seen just like bad. previews and clips of the movie and it just looks it's... awful. So. <laughs> See all the things you think of what makes a good movie, it couldn't hit one of them. Oof. Between like mispronunciation of names. See if I see that little girl and it call him Ong one more time. It's like his name's oh, Ang. Ang. It's like So like if oh, I see that, it's just got terrible CGI. The acting is totally like, you know, like cardboard. It's like it's the story is ridiculous. They miss out massive key plot points or just completely oh, yeah. ignore them. It's like, oh my goodness. It's like it's everything they could have got wrong with it just they made the show great like he just did not hit any of it and to my to my feeling anyway it's the worst adaptation i've ever seen of something wow okay. it's like it's when you look at what the the source material is and how wrong you can get it it's it's pretty bad really um and that's what i've heard i've heard literally that it's the worst like adaptation of any media pretty much ever so yeah like <laughs> I mean, like with, that, with the creators leaving this live action show, like I, I feel like it's going to not quite hit the original series, but I don't think it's going to be as bad as freaking Shyamalan <laughs> having a shot at it. You know, like yeah, don't know who decided he was a good cast, a good director to take that on, but but I don't think the show was going to capture it anyway. I think the original Avatar was lightning in a bottle. There was right, you yeah. can't recreate it. It's three perfect seasons. They had a story to tell, one overarching story that fits the three seasons, and then it was right. done. And yeah. it's like, well, even... what do you think about like, um, what do you think about like more spin-offs happening, even if they're live action? Because I mean, Legend of Korra, I've heard really good things about as well. Um, See, I'm what I'm kind of like with you with the first one. I'm now watching Legend of Korra for the first time. Like I, okay. a few gotcha. years ago, I watched season one of Korra, but I'd never seen the other three seasons of it. So like, I just finished. Like I've literally been binging them while i've been here at home so like i just finished season two last night Mm -hmm. and it's definitely not as good as avatar like i said i think that's lightning in a bottle i don't think you can recreate that Mm -hmm. but i like the take on it like it's set in a very 1920s-esque world like even like the the retro like look back on what's happened so far is like a a 1920s like newsreel thing that you would get in like the cinema telling you what's Mm -hmm. going on you know and yeah stuff like that it's like yeah that's cool and there's a lot more industrial stage we're hitting the industrial era so like things are changing for it so like this is kind of cool um so i i've been intrigued to see more stuff like that although i will say one thing it does is like it, she does a lot of flashbacks to the city she's in republic city which is created by ang um she does a lot of flashbacks to like ang as an adult there and interacting with people and some of the other cast as their adults uh, part of me is like i kind of want to just see them as adults and see what what adventures right, they yeah, go like, on and, and, and you would think that most people would probably be receptive to another animated spin-off because that's mm. just you know the medium but I mean it, it'll be interesting to see a live action adaptation that isn't awful yeah. I guess I so. mean I'd, I'd be completely up for them continuing like spin-offs mm. like let's who's the avatar after Korra who's the next one to take up the mantle yeah, who's right. the new world and just and keep going with it or even right. go back and look there's so many avatars that came before ang like right yeah yeah just using one. the universe instead of you know having to 
make it into a live action with the same story or oh yeah know, i love it in cora we get like a in cora season two you get like a great look at she looks back in her past lives and we get to hear the story of the first avatar and how he became avatar as 100 is like one of my favorite bits from the entire show of cora maybe even avatar as a whole like seeing the first avatar and how he came to be i'm like it's awesome like i'd yeah, love to explore cool. the lore a bit more like that stuff you know so if they want to go back yeah. to doing that i, I wouldn't mind mm-hmm. but the live action i'll probably check it out but i'm not i'm not excited for it gotcha um so i do have a bunch of other news we are pushing on so i'm going to touch just a couple of topics uh, left in our news one of them is spider-man 3 and the tom holland spider-man series not the toby Maguire, you know emo spider-man <laughs> um is apparently it's been leaked what the title of that's going to be and apparently it's going to be spider-man homesick which is just an awful name yeah i i can't say i'm a fan like i do kind of like the home theme that they're going with but i feel like there's so many other better titles that you could that you could go with but again and somebody yeah like you said this i've heard from a couple different sources that this was a leak of the actual title and not just like a rumor but yeah i haven't heard from really right yeah i haven't heard from any really reputable sources that this is for sure or like a graphic or anything like that so i'm kind of hoping that this is just a rumor just because yeah i'm not i'm not a fan i've been i've been saying from the beginning that this one should be homeward bound because the last one was far from home like homeward bound or like home sweet home maybe or something like that i don't know like something to do with coming home homesick i don't know i don't know we'll see because i mean far from home was the you know it was in europe basically so i mean you gotta imagine that he's back in new york at this point like where else would he be yeah Uh, i'm like i just i don't know like because i don't even know where the story could go from a name like homesick right obviously we're going into a a new world because at the end of you know far from home spoilers for the end credits of that um is is revealed who he is like his identity is revealed as peter parker after the whole fight with mysterio mysterio sends a video to the online bugle that um j jonah jameson reveals to the world that it's peter parker and i'm like okay this will be interesting to see where they go with that and i'm like right like i mean they really maybe he's he's on the run or you know right yeah the thing that i liked about that was they really they've like touched on something that none of the other spider-man movies have really gone into which is interesting because like you said i mean they can take this so many different directions now but um yeah it'll just be really interesting to see where it goes i mean i've heard so many people say that craven should be the villain in spider-man 3 which i would be totally up for like it, yeah I'd, i haven't I'd seen a good that. craven on live screen so that would be sweet to see but honestly they can really just go wherever they want with this like they didn't they didn't set themselves up um for a predictable uh third movie at no. all so i mean the the world is literally at their feet right now so i mean i've loved the tom holland movie so i'm kind of just just I, anything that happens i'm all for it and it is a little bit of a bummer about the title like i'd, I'd much rather see a different title but yeah. you know what it's probably gonna get, be a good movie regardless so i guess yeah. i'll have to live with it <laughs> i mean it's, it's probably gonna be a good movie and we'll probably enjoy it i just 
I don't know. Like even if it it makes sense, I'm like homesick. It's just not a a grabbing title for it. Um, yeah, yeah. And the other ones, like I mean, Homecoming and Far From Home, they have been pretty decent, like intriguing titles. Yeah, homesick just doesn't. Yeah, it just doesn't seem like it's got the same uh, draw as the other titles do. So. Yeah, I guess we'll see. Hopefully, I, again, I hope that's a rumor, but we'll. I guess we'll see. Well, that's later. it. Anything could happen from there, so it may yeah. not happen. Mm -hmm. um, so the only last major thing I wanted to talk about, because the rest of these are kind of are extras, we don't need to go into, because we do have some other things to talk about, obviously today. Um, was this was kind of a last minute addition to like the news list? I don't even know if it's in the one I sent you. Um, because right. it's regarding a uh, Ray Fisher. Oh, okay. Because Ray Fisher spoke out obviously against Joss Whedon the way he was treated on set and stuff like that, and it was like it was a lot of big talk and that, and people were kind of like, okay, you know, Joss Whedon's kind of got a few people speaking out against him recently, so understandable. Then out of nowhere, he drops a tweet um, calling out Jeff Johns. You know, the former head of DC Comics. Um, the man who is basically responsible for being the link between the comic world and the, the movie world and helping on set with that and during that he said during the LA reshoots for Justice League Jeff Jones summoned me to his office to belittle and admonish my and my agent's attempts to take grievances up the proper chain of command he then made a thinly veiled threat to my career this, this behaviour cannot continue So yeah, he basically saying that you know Jeff Jones kind of threatened him for the way he was behaving for trying to deal with stuff and basically made a threat against his career apparently. As far as I know, Jeff Jones has not responded to this, and um, not that I've seen anyway. And as far as I know, no one else has came out like whereas like other people were kind of saying stuff about Joss Whedon and no one has came out like none of the rest of the cast none of the crew no one has really came out and said anything about jeff johns so do you think there's any credibility to this or is ray fisher just taking shots where he can at this point i think it's hard for me to believe that there is zero credibility to ray fisher's um thoughts or tweets or whatever but at the same time it seems odd that none of the actors nobody else has corroborated his story so i don't know i feel like i'm kind of caught in the middle like maybe this kind of like societal like environment that's been going on the last you know probably half of the year has led to him speaking out on it and again it's hard to say because nobody has validated his his thoughts nobody from the from the cast or crew or or anything like that yeah so and and they the thing is like nobody's nobody's like really speaking against him either so it's really hard to get a read on if yeah. this is accurate or or if it's just uh, an actor that thought he was done wrong and is making a big deal out of it. And I don't want to say that because we don't know anything, but um, again, yeah, it's, it's such a tough subject. Um, 
I would I would say I'm gonna have to see more like evidence from uh, some of the other cast or something that would get me fully believing that both of these guys were treating him so poorly because he said a lot of a lot of stuff about how badly he's been treated so yeah yeah it's it's a hard subject honestly and i i don't like again i don't want to diminish um his feelings or his his experiences but when there's nobody else you know speaking up or standing out it's really hard to determine what is what is the truth in that situation no so definitely and yeah i think that's a tough thing is like that he kind of said this and then everyone went silent and there was right, there yeah. wasn't there wasn't a second or third voice like jumping in to give credence to either side right yeah and even even and the guys that he's accused haven't really they haven't really responded because that's the yeah. thing like when he spoke about joss whedon like people started wondering because people have been speaking out against whedon's behavior for a while now and right yeah. you know his ex-wife and stuff has been very vocal about it the one with Jeff Jones honestly caught me off guard because, like, he's, like, he was, like, Mr. DC for a long time. He's one of the guys that helmed DC and took it to some of his best heights. Right, yeah, that definitely took me off guard because, I mean, I don't follow Jeff Jones, like, a ton other than, like, the the comics that he's helped write, you know? Like, I mean, he's, he's written, helped write some really good ones, and I I thought... I mean, you know, there's always bad people in the industry that get outed, um, but I had no misgivings or clues as to, you know, who he was as a person before this. So it well, was just it. like, there, was, oh. there wasn't anything beforehand to kind of suggest that Jeff Jones was one of the right. bad guys, was one of the horrible people in the company. Yeah. And then even like after Ray Fisher said what you said, that's usually when like, you know like you'll get it like with the me too movement and the standing up thing of like when someone right. speaks out like someone spoke up against harvey weinstein and what he did then all of a sudden all these other people came out right the yeah. same that's been happening in the comic industry and in the streamer industry mm-hmm. and you know like every industry recently like when someone says it it gives other people the courage to stand up yeah right. but he came forward with jeff johnson like and no one else stood up yeah and i'm like yeah does that mean like everyone else is just staying quiet is it just because it's ray fisher that's having issues with them is it something that he's making up? Like, there's no other information bar this little right. bit we've gotten, and it's like, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I know that Fisher's mad about the way that um, Justice League was treated, and he feels he was mistreated on set and stuff a little bit. But it's like, I I don't know if there's credence to it. I don't know if there's credence to either of them. There's just not yeah. been enough information. Right. Like, we've literally gotten nothing else on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like you said before, like I mean, at least with in Joss Whedon's case, like he has a history of crappy behavior. Mm-hmm. You know, not specifically like discrimination, but like just being a douche, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, like you have a little bit of credence there, I guess. But yeah, I've I yeah again, I don't know. Like it's it's almost odd that there's so much silence among like everybody around them like nobody um in the justice league cast could even like be like i'm behind you ray fisher or like even not not even discredit them but just say that uh they stand behind him you know like it seems like somebody would have seen that mistreatment if it was that egregious yeah and 
and been able to at least corroborate his story you know yeah, someone to if have not... seen it or someone experienced it as well or someone like right. spoke to someone about it on set and wasn't sure what yeah. to do or just something and it's like yeah i just yeah it's just so interesting yeah i almost like i i think everybody else is shocked by it too so that's why there's so much silence going on right now because nobody really knows what to think about it at this point yeah. until somebody stands up and says something one way or the other I guess. Yeah, pretty much. Like until we get more information, it's just kind of like, just the fact that like that's two people now. I'm like, it, the only other thing in my head is, is that the end of it, or is there going to be more names to come? Right. You know, yeah. it's like, is it? But everything at this point is hearsay. You know, we just need to wait and see right. until we get some real information. Yeah. And that like, it's it's like another difficult topic because then then if if you it's kind of like the bill cosby effect like we find out bill cosby is this terrible guy i like go back and i i love the cosby show like mm -hmm. one of my favorite sitcoms of all time i watch that show now and like i feel guilty for watching that show because bill cosby is such a terrible guy but the show itself there's nothing wrong with the show the show is amazing uh if you know if the reputations of these guys are outed and they aren't actually terrible people man that means like there's so much media that i would look back on and i don't know if i would straight up boycott stuff because again there's nothing wrong with the cosby show and i i love the show so i i, I don't think boycotting a show is going to do anything as far as the you know the behavior of the individual especially so, yeah, I'm gonna especially at this point when the show has been off the air for how long it's like right yeah exactly boycotting is not going to so, do anything you know? right yeah so yeah you know what if that were true i i would feel bad and maybe guilty about like watching joss whedon movies maybe or jeff john's media i don't know but i i don't think that is enough to make me stop consuming the media but i i see that argument going ar around a lot online is that man these terrible people you can't support anything that they do or any of their stuff or anything like that which obviously i mean i don't know there's i guess there's something to be said for if you um support their stuff or enjoy their their stuff you're technically supporting them but i, I don't think there's personally you know i'm not agreeing or condoning their behavior just because i watch yeah. a movie that they directed you know from 10 years ago or whatever so yeah. and i think you have to make like a you have to make a judgment call on some of that stuff for yourself you know it's like because some of them have got their hands in so many things you know it's like in i mean one of the ones that really stands out to me is like putting on a movie for my kids like my, my son likes watching the paddington bear movie that was made by the harvey weinstein company Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm like, he loves waiting. I'm not gonna make my son boycott this movie just because he's a horrible jackass. It's like because it's a great <laughs> movie and mm -hmm. a lot of people right. put a great effort into this. And the truth yeah. is, he probably had no hand in it apart from his name being on it, right? Because he owns exactly. a company. It's like you know, but like you have to make your decision on this stuff, and yeah, you know, and you have to make a decision on this. Do we believe Ray Fisher or not? Do we believe Jeff Johns and Joss Whedon are guys who treat people like that or not? Mm -hmm. And yeah you know it's your yeah call make. it's yeah it's tough to make a decision at this point because there's just not information out there like there's not enough information to make a decision one way or the other i feel like at this point definitely all right so switching gears and um, before we jump into the spider-man stuff i do want to do a little 
shout out I'm going to plug our YouTube channel here if you're not following us on YouTube go ahead and click that link and hit that subscribe button and um, all our previous podcasts are archived up there but also I just dropped a recent video there our first um, YouTube exclusive video specifically and um, talking about an upcoming comic and um, if I remember to put it up in the corner uh, this corner here should be a little box appearing with a link to the interview we actually had dr baron bell and mark stancil for terminus media on the channel talking about the upcoming comic dominion fall of the house of saul and we at comics in the cross i know the infinity bros as well got the privilege of getting some early content on that we got that first issue sent out to us prior to the release it does drop in tomorrow actually tomorrow is the official release date of dominion fall of the house of saul yep that's Um, awesome let me go ahead and drop the link to that if you want to go and check it out. Let me try dropping it again if I can actually spell. <laughs> there we go. There it is. There uh, it is. Go and drop it. Go and check that out. And um, the the first four pages are available on the Terminus Media website. You can go and check those out. The first four pages are definitely worth reading. And um, we are big supporters of this book. The comics in the cross we're going to be having dr bill back on the channel if everything goes to plan on august 30th and to talk a little bit about the book and i'm going to be here pretty much sitting listening because it's going to be nitro talking to him about a lot of the art side of stuff and that's all going to go over my head i am not the artist in the channel that is 100 nitro i'm here to just enjoy at that point i'll be honest um but this is well worth pre-ordering i pre-ordered the book myself um, and thank you so much, shout out to Terminus Media, to Dr. Bell for sending us the early release of that to check it out and review. Yeah. Uh, the YouTube video I did, I didn't go too far into it because I, I, I really don't want to do spoilers, especially when it's a pre-order. Um, so I don't want it to go into any sort of stuff here that's spoiler territory. Um, although you kind of have an idea of where the story's going if you've read it. It's based <laughs> on um, 1 Samuel in the Bible, the story of King Saul, the first king of um, Israel. Um, but Isaac, what did you think of it? What did you think of Dominion Fall of the House of Saul? Hey, Ryfresh, thank you so much for that follow. Welcome to the Comic Clan. We're great for you. I'm grateful that you're here. I uh, hope you enjoy the podcast. Hope you enjoy listening. If you're a streamer, go ahead and let us know. I want to give you a shout out in chat as well if you are. But thank you for joining the Comic Clan and helping us get closer to 200. But sorry about that, Isaac. What, oh, are, okay. what are your thoughts okay. on Dominion? You've had a chance to read the first chapter, chapter one. Yeah, yeah. So all of us Infinity Bros also get a chance to read it, um, you know, pre- prior to release tomorrow. And I actually wrote a review on it on our website. If you go to theinfinitybros.com. I've just dropped um, a link to that in the chat for perfect. you. Perfect. Um, so go you. ahead and click on that. That'll give you access to all the Infinity Bros stuff, their podcasts, everything like that. And yeah, so Isaac did we, write something on that recently. So Right. Yeah, we've got a blog called The Daily Snap. And I wrote a quick, like, two-minute review, basically. If you're looking for the TDLR on... Um, on Dominion, the fall of Saul, or the fall, is it the fall of the house uh, of Saul? Fall, fall of the, of the house, house of Saul. Of Saul. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely go and check that out. It's just a really quick kind of uh, summary of my thoughts on it. I thought it was fantastic. And I'm not going to go too much into detail because you can check out both um, Cross's review on YouTube and, and my review on our website. But yeah, I thought it was amazing. And the one of the only negatives that I really pulled out of it was that man i cannot wait to read more like i like they did some yeah. great world building 
in this one, which makes a little bit slower of a of a start, but down the road that's going to make for amazing um, comics. So I can't wait. This one drops tomorrow, and then I think Chapter Two is supposed to come out in December. Yeah, December this year. So yeah, I mean, I was like ready to dive deep, and I. I like it was like I was diving off a diving board and the pool is just like so shallow, you know, so I totally smashed my face on the bottom <laughs> of the pool because I I wanted to get into it. But I was like, oh, man, now I, now I got to wait. <laughs> it yeah, like it's it's a really great book. It's a really great thing. The art in it, first of all, this is like created, written and drawn by Dr. Bell. There's a bunch of other people on it. I checked them out in the YouTube video. He did the illustrations too. That's awesome. I, did, yeah. I didn't know that. He did the cool. illustration and like it's it, it's nuts. The artwork is so good in this. Yeah, um, it's really good. This issue definitely does what I feel like a, an issue should do, a issue one should do, which is to kind of draw you in and make you want to read more. My only thing is like this is only going to be three chapters and I'm like... I, there was so much world kind of building but it was also like you said very slow paced into it and setting up what's to come and i'm like how are you going to fit this into just two more chapters even at 28 Chapter pages real. each and i'm like where's this yeah. going to cut off like because i know he spoke about it and if you watch our previous interview with him he spoke about he's planning to do more like he's planning to continue saul into doing king david and then king solomon and um, which will be phenomenal but i'm like where does saul end then yeah. Where's, where's the cutoff for this story i'm like just right. three chapters i'm like there's so much yeah, information in there and... there's a lot of story you can tell it'll be interesting to see where where he goes with it but man yeah i but thought you, it was amazing so you do get a feel for the characters as well like I, I honestly felt very i understood where saul was coming from and i understood and i felt sympathetic towards his place and um, you start to get a feel for prince jonathan his son um, is definitely one you feel we get a good introduction to the seraphim marines who like those battle suits are just so cool such awesome. a great design um, and it was so clever like everything about this the allegorical component of this of this comic is fantastic like in my in my review i i kind of do a little side note of like hey you know what like i grew up in a christian home i've consumed a lot of christian media and a lot of it, the quality is not up to par because they sacrifice the quality just to get the Christian message, like to be the center point of the media. Yeah. And nothing is sacrificed here. This is like, no, you... this is a comic that I would recommend to anybody, whether you're, you like Christian media or not. So it is, it's a really, really great. Um, it's a great clever... sci-fi fantasy story. Yeah. Like, a great yeah, man, the way that. he the way he like brings in the biblical components to a sci-fi fantasy of all things is awesome so yeah, yeah i definitely definitely would recommend checking and probably it out my I'd... favorite scene in the whole thing like uh, this isn't a spoiler because this is in the the four page preview right at the start i believe and um, is the scene with him when he's having his nightmare right at the start and it goes back to gilgal and it's him talking to samuel Samuel is 100% my favorite character. Yes, same. He's amazing. Exactly. I that <laughs> in my review. I, Samuel is like so BA, just like. Oh, 100%. Standing up to the king, no misgivings at all. Like, he's, he's, you can tell he's absolutely not afraid because he's got the Almighty, like, on his side. And it's just like, 
this guy is awesome. I love, yeah. I love Samuel for just sure. The way Bart sold him, the way he calls him out on his treatment um, and yeah. the Malachites and the fact that they're not wiped out. Um, the fact that he does all that sort of stuff and then walking away like Saul's of course freaking out because he's been told he's been separated from his deity yeah. and like you see that emotion in him the anger and the the begging the bartering for and Samuel is just none of it yeah he yeah, shouts the, Saul the down thing... walks down the steps and then just electrocutes the uh, the Amalekite king yes like, it's just over <laughs> crazy like I love that that was that was probably one of my favorite parts of whole chapter one honestly and the crazy part like about this is you read the bible you read first samuel and the story is amazing but you don't get a description of um of the character's emotions a lot of times like sometimes it'll give like a saul was angry or something like that but you don't get you don't get the emotion behind it a lot of times when you're reading scripture straight up or or it's harder to see the emotion behind it so like the the fact that you can actually like visualize the emotion in the characters faces body language and you know in their speech and stuff is like it's it's really cool i i definitely yeah there's i i don't buy like current comics just because i find it hard to keep up and expensive to keep up yeah but i went and pre-ordered this like right when i got done reading it because it was it's fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's well worth checking out. Let me go ahead and throw it in there again. Um, so if you're not reading the minion, go ahead, click on that link, check out the prequel if you want, go check out Isaac's uh, writing on the Daily Snap about it, go check out my video on YouTube about it as well. Um, and I would definitely recommend pre-ordering this. And then go ahead Jay and Sanchez call. 254, what are you doing? Oh, hey, John. Yeah, Jay Sanchez is a good friend of ours. And uh, hey guys, how you doing? We're doing pretty well. Let me give him a shout out as well, because he's going to be starting to do some stuff over here on Twitch. Actually, he was doing stuff over on Facebook Gaming, but has jumped ship. Haha, we got another one. And so BWC Gaming seven eight seven, go and give them a follow. Um, and just show him some love as well awesome guy known john for about a year or so so go and check his stuff out and um, but the social media stuff i've thrown in there that's all the stuff for dominion comic their instagram facebook twitter and and dr bill's youtube page so go and check that out and they also have a um a podcast as well talking about the behind the scenes of it so if you enjoy like the behind the scene comic creation stuff then that's definitely one for you all to check out all right so i think it's about time to get into our main topic for today we've been covered a lot of stuff today is it time it is time okay all right well i I gotta take my sweatshirt off oh my goodness he's got like all the spider-man gear on for today i'm geared up i'm ready to go (laughs) show my 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 actual amazing spider-man merchandise i was gonna uh, say that it's like the actual like one that big the legit spider one that big logo so we of course today are talking about the amazing spider-man movies the andrew garfield ones and that little niche that was between you know toby Maguire and the mcu when sony said hey we really need to make marvel and um, spider-man movies because if we don't marvel gets them back so let's make some movies let's redo spider-man and start all over again and these are very divisive movies i want to say they're very divisive yes. like, <laughs> 
Apparently, a lot of people have opinions on them because I've been getting in fights and I only put out like two or three tweets between yesterday and this morning already. So yeah, it's like I've seen that in some of your posts, like your posts, like you're coming on, gonna be talking about this and you know rewatching them, your feelings on them, and it was like, oh dear, yeah. he's getting in fights already. He's getting. I in know, fights. I know, it's bad. Like I was trying to hold back because obviously I didn't want to like give my whole like thoughts on on twitter right before the podcast where we give our thoughts on it so yeah <laughs> so i was like trying to hold back but everybody kept just firing at me i love the fact like, the big Damn. argument seemed to be like the feeling of like amazing spider-man 2 being the worst spider-man movie because there's a whole host of people going no it's not it's spider-man 3 right like, yeah this isn't All the right. thing to fight over let's accept <laughs> that they both suck well yes that's true but they are both yeah. bad movies is like if you prefer one or the yeah. other all on you we'll, we'll oh. definitely talk about that later when we talk about amazing spider-man 2 yeah when sure. we get so. it when we get to the second one yeah there's 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 stuff to talk about i've got a feeling most of this conversation is going to be around the second one that's the that's the big one um but we're going to start off right from the get-go amazing spider-man so you rewatched it for today's talk. Initial thoughts on it, having just rewatched it, and what did you expect going in? Like, what was your memories of it going into watching it again, and how did it stand up to that? So, okay, so going into it, uh, I'm obviously like Spider Man's my favorite superhero. Like, and we've talked about that. If you, if you guys listening have been, you know, paying attention to our podcast at all, you guys definitely know that. Um, and I think the last time I was on, we talked about it a little bit too, but, um, Spider-Man's always been my favorite superhero. I've, I love all the Spider-Man movies, including amazing Spider-Man one and two, but these are, these kind of just have been at the bottom, like as term in terms of quality, uh, Spider-Man movies for my personal preference and, Going into them, I was thinking, I I do remember Amazing Spider-Man being decent with a couple major flaws. And then I thought Amazing Spider-Man 2 was by far the worst Spider-Man movie. Like, there was no question in my mind about it um, going into it. And rewatching Amazing... I'll, we'll get to the second one later, but rewatching Amazing Spider-Man, I was actually, like, slightly disappointed in my rewatch i was like expecting it to be a little bit better than i than i realized it was and i it's been a long time since i've watched both of these i think i maybe watched amazing spider-man five or six years ago and then i think i've only watched amazing spider-man 2 once since it came out in theaters in 2014 so it's been it's been a while um yeah so i I went into it thinking i watched them before this i really don't right yeah i mean it's been it's been so long and i I can't it was on my list anyways honestly like if you guys hadn't have asked me to um be on this podcast i would have watched them probably this year anyways because i got uh both of them (laughs) for christmas last year actually i asked for the original spider-man uh raimi spider-man trilogy and got the amazing spider-man one and two instead for christmas <laughs> so wow i know i was i opened up and i was like thank you this is great <laughs> that's the equivalent of a kid getting some coal in their stocking instead of a toy you know what i mean it's like right yeah oh my gosh i mean like again i was it, those were also on my list too so i sh- i guess i shouldn't have been surprised that i got them but but i was like 
I kind of would rather have the original, you know, Raimi Spider-Man movies on Blu-ray and digital and all that stuff. So, so I was a little, just a little, little disappointed. But anyways, they were on my list of things to watch. And man, I remember Amazing Spider-Man being a solid, if not um, disjointed, uh, first like origin movie, I guess. Um, like I Spider-Man, the original uh, Tobey Maguire, Sam Raimi Spider-Man is actually my second favorite Spider-Man movie of all time. Uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is number one by far. Yeah. But live action, the the very first Spider-Man is my favorite just because the like nostalgia memories um, of the origin of Spider-Man it brings back. Honestly, I think that one still holds up. Oh, yeah. And this one, I, I thought it was going to hold up, but it and it, I think it does as a standalone movie, but it didn't hold up as well as I thought it would. Let's just let's just say that. So, yeah, um, yeah man, I was I was almost slightly disappointed, which I didn't think was even possible with watching <laughs> movies. But no, I, like, I've, I do have to say, like the Amazing Spider-Man, the first one, like it's there's definitely nostalgia goggles there for it. Yeah, but like it's going back and actually looking at it and critiquing it it's like you start to realize this doesn't really hold up as well yeah. as yep. as you think like as you think like oh they did a good job with it it was okay and like and then like you dropped the ball on amazing spider-man 2 mm-hmm. and i like but the first one of this i'm like it just it's still in the same power of it like i just think there's just so disjointedness in it i think they were trying to set up so much stuff even because people like accuse the second one of that or it was trying to set up too much stuff like it was trying to set too much stuff up in itself right and this one like that just wasn't needed you know and and then they go ahead and they kind of like there's certain things you just don't do that you think no that should probably be a thing you know it's like and we'll get into that as we start going through it but like overall i'm like yeah it's just it's very There's, don't get me it's wrong like, there's definite moments in this that i love there's definite moments that are i think are really good and that are spot right. on it was like, like the quintessential like go back and watch this childhood movie or thing that you have great memories of and just it just wasn't as good as yeah. i remembered it being so either way again like i said i was gonna watch it either way but it's a bummer that it just uh, so happened to be for this podcast so I was actually taking notes and stuff like that yeah <laughs> so I, I always find that when you start critiquing movies like to review in the podcast and stuff like I've done that before and like you start to analyze things you start to like wait a minute that's not quite as good as you as I originally thought it was yep. like you can't just get lost in the nostalgia you have to admit when something's flawed you know it's yeah right um, and generally I do not take notes for movies even if I'm going in the theater for the second or third time I just want to go there enjoy the movie like you know not think I don't like thinking when I'm watching movies unless it's like a movie that's designed to make you think mm-hmm. like I don't want to have to like I, I'm not a movie critic at heart. I don't want to have to dissect every bit of the movie. I can still enjoy a movie even though it's not a good movie. Uh, so yeah, the the note taking for me was new, but because I'm a Spider-Man fan and I hadn't done a rewatch for a long time, I was like, you know what? I I should take some notes and just be uh, ultra prepared to rip this movie apart today. So <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, so let's delve into this thing because this is 
uh, if you go back and watch our last episode, we did talk about the Sam Raimi Spider-Man trilogy, and this one is very different. Just in terms of the story to it, the the tone of it, the way everything is kind of set up is very different. Um, let's start off as well. We've got so we've got Andrew Garfield taking up the mantle of Peter Parker, Spider-Man in this movie. Um, I like him as Spider-Man. Like I, the scene I always think about is the scene when he's in the back of like the the crook's car and like he ends up webbing him to the wall and stuff like that. Like yeah. I I love that Spider Man. He's very quippy, very you know fast thought, very fast mouthed. You know, just simple little things like that. I'm like, okay, we're starting to get a lot of Spider Man coming through in it that we didn't necessarily get before. Mm-hmm. I will say this though, he is not Peter Parker. Yep. He's he tries to come across like he's the 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 geeky overshadowed overlooked kid and i'm like you are one of the trendiest good looking guys in this freaking school like heck are you yeah. like the where peter parker should be and it's like right. no yeah yeah and that's like the whole overarching why these two movies are not close to being better than any other spider-man movies to me is that i actually don't mind andrew garfield for this role like he no. he's a good actor and I just think the writing was bad and they made a different character for Peter. They honestly, this whole, tr- this whole like amazing Spider-Man one and two, they're trying to be edgy. Honestly yeah. is what they're trying to do. And they made him this way too cool for school. Peter Parker that like Peter Parker in the comics. And, and honestly, this is why I like the Raimi uh, trilogy so well because he's this nerdy guy who has a hard time like you know socially interacting with people he's wrapped up in his own thoughts and this one just made it seem like he didn't care it wasn't that he's wrapped up in his own thoughts is that he didn't care about anything else and i don't know it just it just came off like different and wrong and this is why in general these movies are are worse i think but you're right the the quippiness of his spider-man is like he makes a better spider-man than yeah than toby and even tom i think too yeah like he he does a really good job especially in amazing spider-man 2 his quips are on point in 2 yeah but the like, first one too like he's he's great as spider-man yeah i mean there's some great stuff in that and i think that's the thing people forget especially like with the new ones with tom holland again it's a kind of different version that the spider-man is almost quippy to to a fall like he does this sort of stuff like this high energy stuff it's like spider-man's a different persona almost when he puts that mask on you know like one of the comics that always stands out to me for that is um is it dark it's not dark rain but it's like it's one of the ones that's kind of meant to be like a a dark night for spider-man and it's like when he's older and stuff and he ends up putting the mask oh, yeah. back on mm-hmm. and he cannot help but go into that character even before he puts the mask on he hates the thought of it yeah and um, that comic made me completely definitely definitely think about how spider-man mm-hmm. does that stuff yeah right um, yeah because he's like <sighs> he does have some some quips as peter parker but like they are few and far between uh mm. they're they're definitely more spaced out because when he's spider-man he's got he's got something to say about everything that you say or do he's gonna he's gonna quip at you no matter what is going on so i think he honestly nailed that as spider-man and i think just 
talking in general about Amazing Spider-Man, the casting in this movie is good. Yeah. Which is why it's such a travesty that it didn't become a good movie. Like the the yeah, writing was such great just, casting in us. Yeah, the cast is fantastic. I I don't even. I think if they remade this specific movie, I don't even think I would change any of the casting. The casting is yeah. great. Um, but yeah, it, that's why it's such a. That's why I was almost disappointed because there's so many good things about this movie that they kind of just wasted by having terrible writing and a terrible script and it's just unfortunate and that's the disappointing it's like the again the nostalgia factor you're looking back on it and you think it's good and then man it just wasn't unfortunately and and again i had still enjoyed it i i will watch it again it's not like a i'll never watch this movie again because it was terrible kind of thing no it's but it's a decent movie definitely yeah right yeah and as a movie itself you know it stands up but yeah it's just just disappointing the casting is so good yeah so before we get into the rest of the cast then as we're still talking about spider-man himself what are your thoughts on the costume in this one i actually i like the costume a lot actually um it's it's way different than any other like iteration or version of the spider-man costume but i kind of like that they took it a different direction because they're trying to separate themselves from you know the Raimi trilogy and honestly just mainstream Spider-Man culture in general yeah. and it's it's a good thing that they nailed the look of it because if they didn't nail the look of it it could have been even worse of a movie because yeah again like they they do a little bit different coloring scheme with you know a little bit more like red and blue kind of all over the costume and the really like dark, almost black lenses. Um, I thought it was cool, honestly. I, I wouldn't say it's my favorite suit of all time, but I didn't mind it at all. What, or do you, what did you think of it? Honestly, I wasn't a massive fan of the suit in this one. Um, I like the change in the color scheme a little bit. Like they kind of changed the red and blue in areas. Like I think that was an interesting change. Like don't have a massive problem with that. Felt like the suit was very dark though like kind of yeah. like you said it, they were kind of going for that edgy sort of tone mm -hmm. i feel like they made it right. too dark i know what would have been like interesting is if they would have swapped the suits in in spider-man amazing spider-man 2 and amazing spider-man because amazing spider-man 2 suit is is really cool too and that's yeah. kind of the more classic like color scheme and the thing i love about the second suit is it has the big lenses like the yeah. not quite like you know the Brainy suit has like a little bit more narrow and kind of almost a menacing look to them but this one even though they're not they don't move they're like more expressive because they're larger yeah so I, I really like that and that would have been nice for like an origin spider-man costume that and would then have been good. see them like, i think move into a different costume but yeah i, I, I think same what you were like what you said they were definitely trying to separate themselves but i feel like yeah in the second suit they nailed it like that suit was very it was different but it was still spot on it looked more like spider-man the suit in the first um, movie was very much very edgy looking and i freaking hate those lenses the lenses really? in it because they're like reflective lenses are like mirrors like they're these dark dingy color and it's like and the whole point is like they reflect yeah. everything he's seeing and i'm like 
I don't know who no, approved that, but I'm like, I just it doesn't. Right. It just looks I, so weird. I I have a little bit mixed thoughts on that because I think they I think they look cool because they remind me of like Superior Spider-Man the his like suit. Okay. Um, like he's got the black and red suit, you know, and yeah, he's got black lenses, you know, just a dark, just a darker take on, on the typical Spider-Man suit. And that's what reminded me of it, but it didn't really match the rest of the suit. So no. I get what you're saying. Like it, it just was the rest of know. it. And, and that's the thing though, like it suited his costume though. Like when you look back at something like Superior Spider-Man, where it's like, it's not Peter Parker, it's, you know, Doc Ock that's right. in the body. Like, so he has the darker suit. He has the dark lens. Right. He has yeah, a, and that totally makes sense. Why it's you know, darker? It's, it just didn't yeah. fit for Peter for me. Yeah, and it was like the only thing, again, too, was like his suit was kind of like reflective. So when you looked at his face, you couldn't even really make out the lenses until you've been looking at it for a couple seconds. Yeah, because the suit was reflective and it just kind of like blended in to his face for a little bit. So that was. Whereas, you know, the second suit, it's got the white lenses and it's like sharp contrast, which looks fantastic. So, yeah, I definitely I definitely see where you're coming from with that. Just, I don't know. It, it was interesting the way they, they did that suit. But I kind of like the, the route that they took it. Definitely. Generally. And so jumping into casting, we were talking, we're quite impressed with the casting. So uh, let's talk mostly about the supporting cast. We'll go into like the villain and stuff and the setup of Oscorp and all that in a little bit. Um, but like supporting cast, so Gwen Stacy, Uncle Ben, Aunt May, you know, what do we think of the cast and the story around that, like the initial origin itself? And um, personally, I'm a, I'm a fan of Emma Stone as Gwen Stacy. I thought she did a really good job. Um, I thought yeah. she plays the character really well and we get to see a good progression of her character through the first and the second movie right yeah um, I think I think she nails it as Gwen Stacy and I think a lot of people say like Andrew Garfield and um, Emma Stone have like fantastic chemistry which you don't really get in this first one they kind of they kind of more develop that chemistry in the second movie that's because they were dating by the second movie yeah right exactly <laughs> but like she i mean she does a fantastic job in both of them like she's she's like a perfect gwen stacy i think yeah she was a great choice i think she just it fits perfectly she was phenomenal yeah. choice for it like i would 100 percent cast her again as a gwen stacy role yeah yeah you definitely know? i would and too. she played a great role as it as well like gwen stacy was a great addition to the cast I'm glad they went Gwen Stacy instead of Mary Jane. Um, Same, yeah. Just as a way to differentiate again from the Sam Raimi stuff, you know, it's like to uh, move it in a different direction, you know? Because mm -hmm. that's always a big debate who is the love of Peter's life? Is it Gwen Stacy or Mary Jane? So I'm glad she got some airtime to, right. to appear yeah. in at least I, one of the trilogies, you know? I do appreciate that they kind of yeah. stuck to the comic book general storyline a little bit better than the Raimi trilogy did um, just with like Gwen you know being like high school sweethearts instead yeah. of MJ so I, I appreciate that and they you know they did some different things too which we'll get into later but generally they did a pretty decent job at, at kind of sticking to the general Spider-Man storyline whereas they kind of took some creative freedoms shall we say in the raimi uh trilogy yeah 
Which, you know, again, it's, uh, it's like it's one of those things to go back to the comic book route for it a little bit, but they also still make it their own, and I think it was done really well, and the relationship between them is very is very enjoyable to watch. Like, you definitely buy them as a yeah. couple. Yeah, And their interactions. Um, onto his um, parental figures, or even onto his parents as well, because we get a glimpse of Peter's parents, and we'll dive into that in the second one. Boy, will I dive into that in the second one? <laughs> <laughs> he just get oh he just gets left with his aunt, me and Uncle Ben, and we don't really know anything about what happens with the parents at that point. But don't worry, they tell us in the second movie in case you're in suspense. <laughs> um, so we get left with that me and Uncle Ben. Um, Sally Fields, phenomenal Aunt May. I thought she was a great choice to play Aunt May. Um. It was definitely a good different take than the Sam Raimi trilogy, making her that little bit younger, that little bit different, you know. Yeah. Um, I think yeah, she's I a great, the same way. I mean, a great person. Kind of like interaction, the, like the relationship between her and Peter is really good to watch as well. Like you definitely get that loving family connection between them. Yeah, definitely. I I think they did a really good job casting um, both um, Aunt May and Uncle Uncle Ben. I, I honestly the the Uncle Ben that is in the Raimi trilogies, uh his his name is escaping me right now, the actor, but oh, I really kind of thing, liked yeah. him as Uncle Ben. But I mean Martin Sheen, like, he's fantastic too. So Oh Martin Sheen really... just makes it his own. And I I like that right. Martin Sheen's allowed to they're allowed to have Uncle Ben for a little bit, like he's not like dead within the first like ten right. minutes. Yeah. Like we actually get to yep. feel a little bit about it. And we get yeah, to feel that like connection, that relationship, that relationship. A bit. yeah. It's like, I, and I do like him. He was like, he can be seen as that sort of great Uncle Ben type actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, definitely. So I'm definitely a fan of him portraying it. I feel like they they did drop the ball a little bit with his story, though. Um, first of all, just say the freaking line. <laughs> With they great power around that comes great responsibility. Could. You had I, like you had a book written in the paragraph <laughs> that had him trying to explain that. Like, yeah. just say, like we're trying not to just re-say the line. Like, it's Spider-Man's line. Just say it. Yeah, yeah and I think I get why they didn't too. Just because they hammered it to death in in the Raimi trilogy. I get and, it, but you could you but, could still have said man, it and then just, just move like, on. Just say it, Right. Yeah, exactly. Say it once, move on. You don't have to make it the focus of your whole movie. Just like have him say it once. That's it. Like that's yeah, all. Just that's have all him I say want. it because it's that thing that always comes back to Spider-Man. That's the line. That's why it's a pop culturally exactly. known line. Exactly. Because I have this I have this ongoing argument with the Infinity Bros. My, one big problem I have with MCU Spider-Man is that Uncle Ben is non-existent. And Uncle Ben is quintessential to the character of Peter Parker. 100%. So I I just can't get over that the MCU has basically re- replaced Uncle Ben with Iron Man. That's yeah. just not that's not okay to me. I, I get why the I get why they try to do that, but I'm like it's Yeah. And I think, you know, they could work. probably and I I get why they did that too because we've already had two origin stories of Uncle Ben dying. Like I don't need a whole just do you know, a flashback. Like, just do some right. little flashback thing of it. Yeah. But, Honestly, like I, I could even do without that. As long as he is referencing Uncle Ben and and telling us why he's doing what he's doing is because he feels that guilt. Like that's yeah. that's all I need from Peter Parker. I don't even need a flashback or 
or anything honestly but like yeah man they just like they keep telling me the infinity bros that he exists because they you see his initials on the briefcase and like the two other minute references that they make to him i'm like I know he exists, but he's not important to Peter. This as isn't like this and, isn't like Batman and Superman in the CW shows. You're allowed to mention Uncle Ben's right. name, you know. It's like it's, <laughs> it's, it's not like, going to trigger PTSD for him. Or maybe it's like it will. you I, can I say know. something, and it's like you can mention right. it, and like and, and I think even have Aunt May say it. Right? Yeah. Aunt May like, doesn't she... talk to him about Uncle Ben at any point. Mm-hmm. Yep, and she's like totally fine too. Like, there's absolutely nothing wrong in in Aunt May mcu aunt may's life like no, she's, she's just getting on with things and i'm like yeah. just, I'm, glad, I'm glad you got over your dead husband <laughs> yeah exactly just dating uh tony stark and happy on the side you know like yeah we're just going to move on from yeah, yeah. No more. even yeah. if a so conversation I, with happy yeah they're right. like oh yeah by the way i used to be mad or mysterio see i mentioned this in one of one of the uh previous infinity bros episodes he has this serious conversation with Mysterio about death. And that would have been the perfect opportunity for him to be like, oh, you know why I feel these things? Because my Uncle Ben died and I feel guilty about it. Like yeah. that was the that was all I needed. That like one sentence at the end of that conversation. Oh yeah. I, and, I would agree with that, yeah. Yeah. So it's a it's an ongoing although, argument. I'm I'm the Uncle Ben advocate in the Infinity Bros. So. Although speaking of Uncle Ben and the guilt he feels and all that sort of stuff, let me mention one of the big issues with the Amazing Spider-Man movie. Yeah. Uncle Ben dies. It's not it's not based around the wrestling thing or any of that. They do a different thing where like he tries to, he's at a store and he gets screwed over by the guy at the desk and the guy robs the store. And Peter goes, whatever, walks out, and um, he ends up, the guy runs out in the street and shoots Uncle Ben in the street. It feels very cobbled together, don't get me wrong. That's not my problem. My problem is that you see Peter really upset and holding his Uncle Ben when he dies. That's it. Exactly. No guilt, no remorse, no carrying the weight of that. He doesn't even go after his Uncle Ben's killer. Well, he does. He tries, anyways. I know, but it's like two movies, and it's just it's basically like brushed under the rug. Though for a good like five or ten minutes after the fact, and then it's forgotten. After and then it's forgotten, and he goes into it. And then in the second movie, so many other storylines come in. No, we can't have the Uncle Ben storyline. I'm like, yeah. Like, do you even care? Yeah, I totally, no I totally agree with you. Like, and the, the weird thing is, at the end of Amazing, Amazing Spider-Man, the he actually references guilt, but it's not in relation to Uncle Ben. It's in relation to he helped create the lizard. Yeah, and he's guilty about creating him, so he has to stop him. And it's like, so you're guilty about that, but you're not guilty. It's set up for you. It's like, I have to do the right thing and I have to stop the lizard. Why? Because last time I didn't do the right thing, my Uncle Ben was killed. That is literally Spider-Man's driving force. Yes. yes. Literally. And you don't have to have a 10-minute scene. Make it a sentence. Literally. That's like, it. I would have seconds. been fine with you not going after the killer if you just mentioned that. Like, that's why I have to go face the lizard because last time I didn't do the right thing when I had the power to, someone I love died. 
my uncle Ben died, so I have to do this. He's threatening the city, and I have the power to stop him. I'm the only person that For can every suicide, Whoa. 135 people are personally Whoa. affected. Hi. Family, friend. What's up? Hi there. Sorry, small commercial there. Oh. Probably has. Apparently, my finger hit like the skip button, and my Spotify was still open from the opening song. So, uh, so we started getting a suicide I, prevention um, advertisement. So, I knew I liked you, Cross, and we will have to have you on our podcast so you can have my back when we are, talk about the third Spider-Man movie because I know oh, absolutely this is going to yeah. come up again. Me, okay, so me and Zane are both pretty big Spider-Man fans, and I would say Jared is also semi on our side with the uncle ben thing but other than that i was on i think when we talked about far from home i was on the podcast with uh mark and max of course i don't think right yeah i mean it has to be those guys, right? uh i don't think robbie was on it as far as i can remember but like those guys were ganging up on me and i was like what what is going on right oh oh yeah oh hollywood bones patrick yeah you just wait man you just wait but they like legit ganged up on me and I was like, I had no backup. It was just me trying to defend myself. And it, I will, I will say, I think I did a pretty good job at defending uncle Ben's honor in that podcast, but uh, you'll have to, I think it's like episode 12. You guys will have to listen to I'll that. I'll go back and, and check that one. I don't think okay, I've seen okay, that thanks, one. Yeah. yeah. But Cause like, anyways, I, I would you'll, say you'll that have uncle... to be in the podcast with me next time so you can help me yeah. help me defend uh, Uncle Ben's, Spider-Man uncle Ben's integral ben. to who Spider-Man is. That's, exactly. That's like, like you for... don't have Spider-Man with Uncle Ben. That's like, like Batman just... likes parents not getting killed. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. That's literally without his parents dying in that alleyway, Batman does not exist. Mm-hmm. And we even see that in the comics. We see other universes. We've seen that recently when Booster Gold tried to save them and stuff. That like if they don't die, Batman does not exist. If like Bruce Wayne goes in a totally different direction, it's the same thing like with Uncle Ben. Like if Uncle Ben is not killed, if Uncle Ben isn't taken from him like that, and he doesn't carry the guilt of that, he isn't Spider Man. That's his driving force that he right. needs to do the right thing because he has the ability to. Great power yeah. comes great responsibility. I think I'm like totally on the same page with you. Like the whole the whole Uncle Ben um scene is rushed, but that's not the problem. Like it's it's okay. It they did a different take on it. Um they didn't want to do the whole twenty five minute sequence like they did in, in the yeah. first Raimi Spider Man. But they then it just is insignificant for the rest of the amazing Spider Man yeah, movies. Do something. So, do anything with it. You literally like did it and then stopped, and I'm like, no, keep it going somehow. Um, yeah. I'm all right. On that. All right. Let's keep pushing forward because we're not finished the first movie, <laughs> and we literally have a second movie to go through. This always happens. It doesn't matter. Like we're gonna have to literally start reviewing one movie at a time in this podcast. For real. Because for real. Legitimately... Although, I will say though, I have less. I have less notes on Amazing Spider-Man Two just because I was expecting it to be bad. I think so. Yeah, it's Amazing Spider-Man Two is kind of like you know what you've got. You know, right, you yeah. know what happened. You've all seen it. Um, yep. So let's talk about the villain. Um, Doctor Kurt Connors, the Lizard. Um, I like the setup for him. I like the fact that Oscorp is like this amazing, like big organization at the forefront, and he's one of the scientists working for it. I like that we're going that direction. It's something a little bit different, something um, intriguing, and um, because they're very much trying to focus on Oscorp as like the big bad for this series of movies. Um. So they're doing all these different experiments, all these different things. He 
Peter like sneaks in, as as you do, to go and look around Oscorp, and it just so happens. a major corporation that has very little security, you know, just sneaks into a super secret lab that nobody else can get into. Yeah, and he gets it. He gets into the lab, and it's like it just so happens. Oh, look, the the girl that's going to be his girlfriend works here, because it, of course she does. Of course she works Why for Court Corners because <laughs> um, he sneaks in. That's where he ends up getting bitten by the spider. And it turns out Kurt Connors was actually working with Peter's father because he was a scientist working at Oscorp as well. Um, and he's obviously working on the formula that will eventually become the serum that turns him into the lizard to try and regrow his arm that is missing. Um yeah, it's like I, th- I like the setup for this. I like the setup with Kurt Connors being at Oscorp. It's something different, it's something new, but it doesn't take away from it. It actually helps in this world that makes sense the setup for it. Right. Yeah, honestly, yeah. I thought they did a really great job with Oscorp in the first one, and even the second one to an extent. Um, side note that I wrote the Oscorp, like the building itself, looks exactly like the Oscorp building in spider-man ps4 which is really cool like i yeah no clue because again i i haven't seen this movie for a long time but i i just noticed that and i was like oh that's pretty sweet they like kind of took the basic design of the oscorp building from from these this series to be an amazing spider-man so i thought that was pretty cool but um yeah i thought the setup was good and honestly the only thing i remember before re-watching amazing spider-man was that they did a crappy job with his face. I didn't mind anything else about yeah. the lizard, but his face, oh. like, why? Okay, you're he's a lizard. Why did you make him with a human face? Like, it, it's why is his just face dumb. flat? He looks like yeah. one of the Goombas from Super Mario like, movie. <laughs> he looks like he. They tried to make him a human face on a lizard, and it's like, dude, just make him a lizard. I, I want a snout. Like, where's his right? Exactly. Uh, oh, Nitro's popped up in the chat. Nitro. Amazing Spider-Man 2 is hot garbage. And he's like, it's like, oh, ASM 1 is as well. It's like, yeah, I think that's the thing. I always, yeah, Nitro always thought, like, Amazing Spider-Man 1 was, was decent and passable. And it's like, no, right. it's really yeah. not. And that's, that's, that was my thought coming into it. But unfortunately, my rewatch proved me wrong, I think. But again, yeah, I, so Lizard backstory, Lizard's, my probably my favorite spider-man villain and that i think that comes from the um uh the spider-man animated series like they had a really good two-part um like uh episodes that's the word i'm looking for yeah two-part episode on the lizard and just his backstory like even going back and reading the the um original comic book run he's got an amazing story and they kind of scrapped it for this movie like they were like you know what he doesn't need a family. He doesn't need, uh, you know, any of this stuff. He just needs to turn into a big lizard. That's all he needs to do. Yeah. But the actor that plays him is great. Reese Evans is amazing. He's yeah. A phenomenal yeah. He does a actor. great job. But man, he has no driving force besides regrowing his arm. Like he doesn't have a family to care about. He doesn't have really anything. No. Besides regrowing his arm. And I think that was a missed opportunity because I think Lizard is one of the more complex um, Spider-Man villains mm-hmm. because he's he's a good guy. He just turns into a lizard 
uh, that is not a good guy, and Spider-Man has to stop him, turn him back into Kurt Connors so he can... Yeah, they keep be... it very simplistic, I feel. like They keep it like... Right. Like, almost like Connors as a bad guy. Like, he starts to, like, lose his moral fiber. Yeah. Like, eroded and... away, and he becomes a bad guy. And I'm like, Connors never was. Like, he never planned this. And right. then once he turned yeah. into the lizard, he was stuck. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's like, and it wasn't until he was freed from that. And it's like, and it, yep. with Connors himself, though, it was like, it feels very like it's, they've not, he's not an in depth villain. Mm-hmm. Like, he should yeah. have been. Like, I love the fact they went with the lizard. He's a great Same, yeah. villain, but. They could have done yeah, so much more with it. Yeah, they just definitely simplified them way more than you needed to be. And again, I didn't mind basically the rest of his um, CG uh, like body. It would have been cool to see him in a big old lab coat because that's mm. always one of my favorite parts from the comics when Lizard is in the lab coat. Yeah, because um, it's, it's but... kind of like the Hulk. Like he just he turns into it while he's in his normal clothes. So whatever's right, yeah. left, he just he's <laughs> yeah. in, you know. So mm-hmm. yeah, that would have been cool to see. But and they kind of do a one little scene where he comes into the, I think it's when he comes into the high school and he's still got his lab coat on and he rips it off. Yeah. But um, yeah, man, I just think there was some missed again. This is kind of the running theme of this movie: great concepts, bad execution. Mm-hmm. Like they had a a good villain and they just didn't do it justice and that's really unfortunate because i again I, I really like the lizard it's great actor just not good execution yeah. and the the face is the travesty of the whole thing i oh yeah the i face can i despise is. the face and i think that was part of the disappointing and i knew that you know going into it i knew his face was hot garbage but yeah. it's just watching it again is just really really unfortunate um, looking at the chat as well, Hollywood Bone saying his face, lol. Nitro agreeing the lizard's face is awful. He totally does look like one of the Goombas. And uh, Nitro <laughs> saying, yeah, it's pretty bad. And then Nitro saying, yes, and amen to the Spider Man cartoon, Dr. Connors. Yeah, like, yeah great good. version of him. Like, um, in the comics, like, Spider Man and Dr. Connors have this amazing relationship. Mm-hmm. And, like, even with his family, like, his kid and his wife, he's got a good relationship with them. And he works with his family to get lizard back to his human form so he can be with them again absolutely and yeah. lizard himself the villain doesn't even know that he is kurt connors i think that's yeah. another part of it that they kind of miss the ball on like the the lizard that they have is this like he knows he's kurt connors he knows what he's doing the lizard in other media he doesn't know what the heck he's doing he is a lizard he just wants everybody to be a lizard. <laughs> yeah. Which is kind of the weird, funny part. But Speaking of everyone turns... being a lizard as well, I feel like they're trying to, they tried to rush that in at the end as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like his whole big thing was like, because they had him turn into the lizard and then out of nowhere, like right at the finale was like, oh, I'm going to turn everyone else into a lizard. <laughs> and I'm yeah, like, right. you have not mentioned this once. Like, <laughs> like, you've just like went, you've done the original lizard story, went, oh, he tries to turn people into lizards here, let's add that in. But it's like at the very end of the movie, so like they get turned into lizards for like five minutes, and then it gets yep. reversed, and it's like you really yeah, threw that yeah, in for no reason. It's really funny. He like has this grand plan, and it's like boom, done in like two seconds. When when they bring up the antidote, it's like oh, okay, like, really? Uh, but you really plan to do it for? Was that really the plan all along? Because <laughs> it feels like you just kind of came up with it on the spot. I'll be honest with you. Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much. He like he has all those experiments in his lab which 
like okay one thing that got me was he's doing this experiment and then he turns himself into the lizard mm-hmm. like he in the comics he he gets turned into the lizard he yeah, gets triggered right like he is unaware of of what is going on he knows like kirk connors knows kind of some of his triggers to become the lizard but in this one, he literally turns himself into the lizard, is conscious as the lizard, knows what he's doing. And that that part of it just was like, okay, you know you're conscious as a lizard, and you're just your big plan is to just turn everybody into lizards. Like that's not a, a big good plan. Like if you're no. a lizard and you don't know what you're doing, then yes, maybe that's a good plan. But if you're a human and you're end goal is to turn everybody into lizards it just doesn't it doesn't make sense yeah so yeah that was just kind of a weird shoehorned ending which again man like i didn't remember and going back to it i'm like ah oh, that's too bad that it was yeah it was just <laughs> kind of wasted and, and there's just a couple of moments like and two last little moments i do want to mention is first of all obviously we have one of the greatest stan lee cameos ever in this yes. movie like so that good. fight scene in the library when he's like Amazing. just sorting books for his music on and has no idea. If I did a top five Stanley cameos. I think that probably is my number one. Like that's it's very that's possibly my number one. Yeah, because it's just it's yeah. so well done. It's like even like the two of them fighting the table, like almost hitting them and catching it and having <laughs> yes. to pull it away, and like and he's just got no clue this is going on behind them. It was yeah. just so Fantastic. well done. I mean, I can't think of music. And I can't think of another like, cameo that comes even close to that. Like. The only one I can think so of that would have came close is the original one that James Gunn had planned for Guardians of the Galaxy. Which one was that? Which was like, because you know in Guardians of the Galaxy he's just on the promenade chatting up some like young oh, woman. Yeah. And the original one was he was actually meant to be in the collector's menagerie of stuff. Oh, oh yeah. He was meant to be right. in one of the cases and like in Groot stops and awesome. looks at him and he looks at Groot and like gives him the finger. Tony Stank. Oh, there you go. That's a, is that? Yeah, that's yeah. Tony or is that? No, I think that's Infinity War. The Tony Stank. Oh no, that's, that's Civil War. On. Is it Civil War? Yeah, oh, because man, remember, right. it's when everyone right. separates and then. Yep. Yeah, because that's Tony's at the end when uh, Rhodey is trying to. Yeah, when Rhodey's trying right. to walk, I'm like, yeah, that's probably <sighs> that's my favorite. A good one. one of my favorites one. has to be um, Age of Ultron. Because he's at the party as like an old like war veteran, and he oh, drinks like right. the Asgardian like whiskey or whatever. Like challenges Thor to a drinking match or whatever. Because like Thor oh, drinks gosh. it and then he gives it to Cap, who can handle it obviously, and he's like that. Yeah. It's like look, I've been through all these wars. I can handle it. And he gives it, and then it's like him getting carried out. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's a good man. Stanley's oh, a national treasure, dude. He was man. He's oh, Stanley man. Treasure. And the only other thing I want to mention this as well, because going into the finale of it, like he has his, like Spider-Man has his first scuffle with the lizards downtown. He gets a crap beat out of him, and he goes to stop him at Oscor. In the web swinging scene. Downtown, straight towards Oscor, yeah. and it's like, because every crane in New York City are within that three block radius of each other of course yeah. where they can all spin and have them all like lined up down the street right towards and to Oscar where they need to go I will grant you the convenience factor is very very high in that part but <laughs> in that moment it is pretty like... epic when he is like injured like webs up his injury and he's like got the determination oh and that he's, is like, cool yeah that's absolutely yeah, cool. It is, it's like, it but it's like all these cranes line up. Every crane is right there. 
And not to mention that it's a complete straight road straight to the building he's heading towards. And it's like, I do have to think though, like he's got that straight road to that building. I'm like, if you've got that straight road to that building, the cranes aren't really needed as badly. Like, I get it gives you something to swing on with one hand that you don't have to worry right. about, like grabbing a building that's off to yeah. the side. But you don't have to work as hard. You get to convert, conserve his energy for the lizard. But it was like that. That was the moment will, of this movie. I absolutely cringe when that kind of happened. I was like, oh my goodness. You know, that kind of speaks to one big problem that I have in this movie is that um, Andrew Garfield, Peter Parker, is so reliant on other people. Yeah. And that's like, that's against the character of Spider Man to me. Like, Spider Man is a loner. He does every he does everything himself, and the only reason he goes to other people is because he has no other choice. And he's like out there tearing off his mask, like showing everybody who he is. Like it's just they they didn't do the character of Spider Man justice in this both of these movies. No, uh, it, I actually think it gets slightly better in uh, Spider Man Two, but Peter Parker is like super jumpy and like freaking out like he's on drugs or something the whole movie i don't that's one thing that i just didn't understand i was like yeah no i would agree they, with that did yeah. writers make you do this andrew garfield because i know you're a better actor than this like he's just like he's like itching his neck all the time and like kind of making jumpy movements and stuff it's like yeah what what are you doing and i, I don't chat, understand that he's not a huge fan of garfield parker either like, yeah I yeah we already talked that about that there. he's He's All right. Unfortunately, so time is rolling on. Let's yeah, jump sorry. into Amazing Spider-Man Two. Positives? <laughs> Do we want to? I mean, positives. We could just. <laughs> okay, there are. Okay, here's the interesting part. I watched Amazing Spider-Man with not high expectations, but higher expectations, and I was disappointed. I watched this one with low expectations. And it was actually better than I remember it being. It's still, to me, the worst Spider-Man movie. Oh, but yeah. it's it's definitely better than I remember it being. And there are a couple reasons why. Uh, Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man, slash Gwen Stacy and Emma Stone, like their their chemistry in Amazing Spider-Man Two gets much better. The, again, the character it's like secondly sweet in the second one. The two of them are adorable together. Yeah, yeah, they they're really great are. In this one. And in the first one, it's like awkward. And I know it. They're they're just like meeting and stuff like that. But like every scene in the first one, I cringed when they were together because it was so awkward. Like, and I get they're trying to convey that he's an awkward guy and and it's an awkward relationship. But they overdid it, I think, on that. Yeah. In this one, they're 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 um chemistry is really good and and i didn't really expect that i guess i was like i i knew going in i didn't like andrew garfield's peter parker so i kind of already determined it was bad um i went in i tried to go in with like non-bias in in just the whole movie and if you take out the fact that jamie fox is electro like if you just make him a villain a nameless villain he's not that bad He's definitely not Electro. But if you just had him as a random villain and just renamed him, like, I don't know, Lightning Bolt or some electric term. Just something. Like, he's, he's yeah, something. Something electric. He's not that bad. Um, He's, like, 
the, the Max Dillon in the comics is very arrogant, like making smart remarks about everything. And Jamie Foxx is like the complete opposite in this in this movie. But I will say he was like charming. Like I laughed and had fun with him in this movie. The one weird part was like when he's turning into Electro, he's got that gap thing and it just disappears. Like he, he doesn't yeah. have a gap tooth anymore when he becomes Electro. He, he fixes his tooth. But yeah, like Ron himself. But as a as a villain, he's not that bad. And the theme, the electronica theme when he is in the movie is actually kind of cool. I didn't mind yeah. that. Yeah, uh, so, like the chat nitro saying, um, I think Fox played Electro was a stake to the heart of ASM two, and then K Jing, hey K, how's it going, man? And Andrew Garfield, Peter Parker is bad. I'm like, yeah, we kind of talked about that earlier on. See, I th- yep. I think the idea of doing Electro, I like the fact that they did Electro, because I kind of like the fact that kind of like the lizard, they did someone different. Right. We've yeah, not seen Electro think... on screen before, and Electro is a great villain. My problem is that they took someone like Jamie Foxx, who's got this amazing amount of charm and personality, and removed it from him. Right. Like, Max Dillon is this, even as, like, this geeky guy, at least there's something to him. The moment he becomes Electro, he has no personality. Right, true. He has none. That is very true. He is completely deadpanned, nothing. He doesn't even have anger towards Spider-Man. He says Mm. that he's angry, but then he's, like... Yeah. It's like it, there's nothing to you. Like at least you were the right. geeky guy. Get angry at your heroes, like having a go yeah. at you. Like no, nothing, not a thing. Yeah, right, like, right. You're definitely you're definitely not wrong about that. And that's what I remember about this movie is that hold, Electro. Hold, hold, hold was on a the second, leader. Sora. Whoa, in the chat, Sora, man. Sora. Nitrogen be greater than comics <laughs> than cross. Wow. Which I'm assuming okay. is a shot at cross. I'm like calling you out. We're okay. gonna have words, man. <laughs> We're gonna have words, man. You're coming in here at the end of my my podcast, picking a fight, dude. How, say, Nitro, you're in the chat. How did you feel about missing this episode, honestly? Because I know you're a big Spider-Man fan too. Like, what were your thoughts about not being able to be on this one? Because you you did. He was on let's, the. Um, let's put it this way: a couple of weeks ago, he wasn't here. He popped into chat. He's not left since he came in today. So I'm assuming he's trying to get as involved as he can yeah. be. Yeah, for real. I mean, Jamie Foxx should have been another villain. So sorry. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, don't don't worry. We'll have plenty of stuff for him to get involved, and there's always going to be Spider-Man stuff to talk. Oh yeah, for we'll, sure. We'll make sure Nitro's here, and we'll bring you back so that we can like I don't know, talk about the Japanese Spider-Man or something really <laughs> random. Yes. Um, yes. So it's like, it's like, LOL, love you, buddy. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, but yeah, that was my issue with Jamie Foxx as Electro was. It was like there's no personality for what should be an amazingly charismatic right like villain. before he becomes electro he's don't, don't charming even, don't even fun. make him like the guy for the comics don't make him like electro in the comics because obviously like even he's looking everything's based on oop, the ultimate universe is electro and that design so you're going a totally different direction just make him jamie fox's character just give him that right, personality yeah. give exactly. him something yeah yeah he definitely as with a personality it's basically nothing after that as a villain and surprisingly this is i remember just electro i remember everything about electro being horrible and he didn't look that bad until he got his suit when he gets his suit it's like i don't know man it just doesn't well, you, look as good you mean his magic his magic suit his magic suit yeah the it just appears out of, creates out of nowhere it's probably it's probably made out of electricity because it just appears out of thin El- air electricity makes black leather like <laughs> and he's got like some 
electric magical uh, boxer shorts when he's getting electrocuted too. Yeah. Like because like, like that, that would that's be very thing. convenient, you know. Like I mean, they wanted to make it a family friendly movie, and here here he is with boxer shorts on when they're when they're electrocuting him and torturing him and stuff yeah, like that. So I mean, that's, that's, that's very considerate. You don't get torturers that are that considerate, you know. It's like... <laughs> true. So, true. So yeah, like Electro is like I think they let him down, like. And also the fact of like Electro gets like lost in the mix of everything, yeah. Of the fifty million stories, and right. And I think the sorry, keep going. No, I'll, I'll wait sorry, I'm just watching. I'm just watching like the chats now flying yeah, by. Yeah. Like, uh, you've all came into chat now, and we're talking about Amazing Spider-Man Two, aren't you? Uh, I don't know where I lost chat. Um, sorry, uh, accept your accent. I'll not keep it. Metro says, "I think I love you, Sora." I think I guess. Sora just to comment on that uh everybody in this everybody in both of these movies probably did the best with what they were written for like these are not bad actors and actresses they did a fine job of acting but mm. the writing in both of these movies is just complete garbage so they did what they could with the roles that they were given but that yeah. still doesn't really do them any favors. Well, that's it. You can. I mean, we talked about it with Amazing Spider-Man One. I think the same with the second one. The casting, for the most part, was was pretty good, apart from a couple that are ancient. Right. Yeah. It's like, and, but yeah, they can only work with what they've they've been given. Mm -hmm. You know, there's only so much. Right. Um, yeah. And the we'll talk. Okay. Well, we might as well dive into this now because we're close. But yeah. let me just the catch villains... the rest of the chat here. And um, just Casey, and I'm not that familiar with Electro from the Ultimate Universe. It's the same as the original Electro in Earth Six One Six. As far as I know, I've not d dove into like Electro in the the Ultimate Universe. But apart from like the look is a lot more like it. It's this blue electric look that he's got going on. For the most part, it's pretty much the same character. Right. Yeah. That's uh, what I was going to say. Script, so basically the same character. They just look different. All right, Nitro, take care, man. Nitro's going to have to see bounce out. We'll see you again. And Nitro will be back next week, so make sure you tune in, guys, to see him. Um, so, yeah, let's jump into the villains. There's so much to talk about in this, so many other stories, but let's hit the villains first. Let's hit the major villain of the movie, you know, the big one that everyone came to see, Rhino. Uh, the Paul Giamatti Rhino. Like, Sony, what are you thinking? There's this so the, many things wrong with just that one alone. This probably the worst villain casting of all time. Like, Listen, I he, love Paul Giamatti. Same. I He's love a phenomenal him a actor. What were you <sighs> thinking casting him as the rhino and oh making him gosh. like a Russian mobster? Like, what he's, was that? He is the worst. Oh my, and he's wearing like this... He's like this little chubby guy, which who Paul Giamatti is. So like nothing against him. They wrote him like they just needed to get a different actor. Like Rhino is this big beefy dude who's literally got a Rhino suit melded to his body. He's giant. Yeah. Instead, they get a teeny little guy that's got a. But he gets belly. a big Rhino suit though. He gets oh, a big rhino, rhino suit. Yeah, he's got the battle <laughs> Rhino suit. Like, what are you thinking? Oh my gosh. Okay. Um that's what I was gonna say about Rhino. Why even make him Rhino? If you're just gonna put a guy in a big mech suit, just make him a whole new villain at that point. Yeah, like just that. like he's not even Rhino. He's just a guy yeah. in a big battle suit. Chats all and agree why... and chats like Cage saying Rhino's crap, Hollywood Bowen saying Rhino, why? 
Sora Why saying they should have cast me, apparently, to have done a better job. I would if, you're think, if you're Oscorp, and you're... Okay, that's another gripe I have. At the end of the movie, Oscorp turns out to be the one. And, of course, this is because Sony, at this point, is trying to make a Sinister Six movie. So they're, like, saying, oh, Oscorp made all of these this tech that they're going to give yeah. out to villains. And you see the rhino suit and blah, blah, blah. At, that's at the end of Amazing Spider-Man. And then you yeah, see... because he appears at the very start and at the very end, he, like, bookends right. this movie. Yeah, and just don't... Just leave him out. Like, if you're going to make... Oscorp, if you're going to make a giant battle suit, what is the freaking point of making it a rhino? That makes absolutely no sense. Just make it a giant battle suit. Like, at the end when he, like, is in his mech suit and conveniently taking down his face shield like some cop could literally just shoot him in the head and it would all be over yeah like, nobody takes that shot at the end like really <laughs> nobody took that shot i'd have taken that why? shot why you know what i mean <laughs> all, they're like... all sitting there like just waiting for him to do something and then okay and then he puts it down and then his mech rhino suit goes down on all fours and charges while it's firing rockets and missiles at Spider-Man. See, Spider when goes on all fours, does that mean he's, like, lying like that? Yeah, I... Like, on the ground? It, because he was standing makes, upright a minute ago, and then it goes like, on all fours. Like, what happened? This makes no sense whatsoever. Dumbest villain, like, almost ever in the history of Oh, you've of got comics. to admit, though, that fight seems amazing at the very end. That's That, that was... I that... mean, it is, it is sweet how Spider-Man just, like, takes that... Um, manhole cover and he's just like flipping it around dodging all the missiles and stuff like that oh yeah i mean i'm so but, glad we got to see that fight i mean it's like it'd be horrible if like that would it cut off in the trailer was the end of the yeah, movie yeah, it would have been just awful just it would have ruined the movie if if we missed out on that <laughs> oh my gosh okay so now that i'm over rhino uh why sony why did you do that uh this is the real travesty of this movie like rhino is a footnote in a terrible movie Green Goblin is the reason why Amazing Spider-Man 2 is such a bad movie. The Harry Osborn Green Goblin first of all is the most the dumbest character in this movie and they played it so wrong. Like you could have done something cool with this and I'm not faulting the actor like it's not the actor's fault but man they wrote I think Harry he was Osborn such a wrong so casting badly. for it. I don't think he was the right casting for... Yeah, I don't think he was the right one. He Again, this is another case of, like, he did the best he's that a, he could. He's a decent the, actor. When he's in something that's worthwhile, yeah, he's right. a decent actor. This just wasn't the role for him. Right. And the, cast, yeah, exactly. and the writing and directing didn't terribly help. And then casted him based on their terrible role that they wrote. So he, again, does the best that he can in that role, but it's a terrible role already. So... Like, this is the reason why, to me, this is the worst Spider-Man movie. This Harry Osborn is just complete garbage. Nothing like the movies, nothing like anything. They literally wrote this guy in because he's edgy. And that's the sole purpose of his, him in this movie is to be edgy. His story arc so, makes no sense. That's my yeah, problem with him. It's, it's like, just okay, first of all, you kill Norman Osborn at the start of this movie. Yeah, the real Green Goblin, right? And that was no and, one looks at Harry and goes, "You know what? I prefer him to Norman's." No one. 
Uh, oh, we've got some chat coming in. Sora saying, can we talk about how if they had villains in the Marvel 2 universe with Spider-Girl, it would have been so much better. Any villain would have been better at this point. Literally, yeah. The villains um, in this movie are... In case are, saying, I felt like they tried to bad. make Amazing Spider-Man as a mix of the Ultimate Universe and another universe. Terrible Harry Osborn, Green Goblin choice in the second movie. Yeah, they Agreed. took a lot of inspiration for the Ultimate Universe. And I honestly mm-hmm. think that was the MCU's involvement because the MCU takes some things from the Ultimate Universe... And to right. translate into their movies, I think they went, "Oh, they're doing it. We can do it." And like, no. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like his, and... but his story arc makes no sense. Because like, first of all, you've killed yeah. off Norman Osborn. You've killed off Spider Man's main villain, arguably. You know, it's like arguably against like Venom and Doc Ock and some of the others. But like, arguably his greatest and biggest villain, you kill off. Mm-hmm. Then we've got Harry left. Harry now terrified because his father died of this disease. This goblin disease um that he's worried that it's going to end up like killing him and he thinks spider-man's blood is the cure not quite sure why he thinks spider-man's blood is going to be the possible cure-all that kind of comes out of nowhere as well he's got no other option he says that like 26 times in the movie he's got no other option so he's he's got no he's gonna take spider-man's blood obviously you know so he talks to spider-man spider-man's like not going to do it and i'm like like first of all I'm not quite sure why Spider-Man's not going to do it. This is like... Because this isn't just like some random asking. Like, this is Peter Parker's, like, supposedly best friend. We know they're best friends because they tell us. We've not seen them. <laughs> he wasn't mentioned in the last movie, but they tell us they're yeah, best friends yeah, so they're best friends. Right. Just And he says no. Like, oh, I'm going to call this random guy up that I haven't seen for 16 years or 10 years he or whatever. He says no. Say. It's like, that's your friend. You're not going to give them a vial to at least check out. And then second of all, like, he starts freaking out like he's about to die. What age was your dad when he just died? Like, 50s? 60s? You're what? 20-something? You've got some time. Apparently not, according to the rest of this movie. Apparently not, because he starts looking at every possible way to fix this, and I'm like, Like, you've got time! He's he's acting like the guy is going to die in the next, like, month. Yeah, he's like, and I've got a week to live. Like, what, like, out of the, you know, out of the universe can I look at things and find something that's going to cure me? This goblin toxin thing, this has never been tested in anyone. Well, I've got nothing to lose. 40 years of your life? Yeah, you know? Apparently, no. <laughs> apparently like, it was way more advanced in, in him, even though he had never felt any symptoms besides the shaking of his hands. Yeah, he felt shaking in his hands, and I'm like... And they kind of make a, a deal of like that's an early stage, and I'm like, oh, I'm sure your dad had that at your age and all. Like, but like, yeah. it's a, it was a while from shaky hands to deathbed. <laughs> yeah, but... for real. And and speaking of deathbed, Norman Osborn. Okay, this is just a side note. He's got literal goblin hands. Like he's got these giant hands with humongous claws on his hands. Like, why? <laughs> Why is he a literal goblin? Again, I'm like, is this like part of like the the ultimate universe idea? Because right, in the like ultimate you, universe, he turns into like right, an actual goblin a creature goblin in the ultimate universe. So maybe you're taking aspects of that, but if you're gonna go for that, go for it. Don't do yeah. a little half. You know, maybe he's a little gobliny, but not that goblin. Yeah, like go you know, go like, all out. If you're going to do it, let's do this. Let's yeah, let's go exactly. all the way. And I'm like. But, like, they do this yeah. whole story with Harry, though. Like, he, he for some reason, decides he's going to, like, get Electro to help him. I've watched this guy. I'm like, he's unstable. Like, in my 
never in my wildest dreams would I think that's the guy I need in my team. But <laughs> right. for some in, reason, he in, does. I guess in his defense, like, he more just releases him to do what he's going to do. But still, at the same time, like, how how do you think this is going to turn out for you? And really, he just uses him as a distraction at he's the end a of distraction. the movie, but... To try and like also as well because he gets like Oscorp taken away from him. We randomly get Felicia Hardy in this movie. You know, shout okay. out to Okay, so side note on that, I wrote in my notes. I kind of like the random Easter eggs they give us, but it's it was super weird that like, she was. The problem in that is role, that you know like that, that they weren't meant to be. Sense. The problem is you know they weren't meant to be Easter eggs though. That's the whole point of this movie was the fact that they had a cat. A black cat movie set up. They had a Sinister Six True, movie yeah, set okay, up. Okay, they had all. They had all of this set up. So like you know, this wasn't Easter eggs. This was right. hinting. This could be this our black planning. cat. All right. of the stuff you see in Oscorp, that's going to be the Sinister Six well, movie. You know, you can... I'm I'm okay with that because I mean, even in MCU movies, you see what you think are Easter eggs, and maybe they were intended to be Easter eggs, but Marvel like takes them and they're like, oh, you know what? Yeah, we're you set up some people like those. But you um, don't but yeah, literally it... build your movie around about it, though. The problem watching Amazing Spider-Man 2, the movie was built around the same issue that freaking, what was it, The Mummy had in the Dark Universe. Oh, yeah. Was the movie wasn't built to be a movie. It was built to be a setup for an for a shared universe. Right. That's the difference yeah. that everyone keeps getting wrong that Marvel didn't. Marvel created good movies and made right. sure that they could slot them together. It's like everyone else says, we want a shared universe, but they're not willing to put the, you know, the 10 years of work that Marvel put into building it. Yeah, you know that's definitely. the difference with it, and that's why we get these random throw-ins. And yeah, and and the other one I would like to mention is they have Alistair Smythe in there, who becomes Spider Slayer. BJ Novak of all people is the one playing Smythe. Like I, I kind of need to see him as like the mutated Smythe, <laughs> like when he has all the stuff done that to him. Be interesting. I like. I kind of <laughs> like, need to see what that looks like. It's it's so it's weird so that they weird. go from this great cast in amazing spider-man and then all of a sudden this movie they they're like you know what we'll keep the great cast from amazing spider-man but let's also add this totally random assortment of people that are terrible for their roles like i don't know it i mean obviously sony was just literally trying to put something together to make a lot of money but it just i don't know it blows my mind that you have this the the weird thing is i think spider-man 2 even though it's a much worse movie i think it's a more cohesive movie because they do so much jumping around in the amazing spider-man that it's almost like hard to follow the story a little bit oh and then you I, go to I would here. i would argue that completely really because like what we've talked about sounds cohesive but remember Gwen Stacy is going to England because she's going to be <laughs> studying there and he's going to stop being Spider-Man and go with him. Oh, and yeah. don't forget his parents are secret agents and they were on a plane that went down and that's what killed them and he also had a secret bunker with a train in it with all this Oscorp oh, stuff. Gosh. The Oscorp yep. just never went back and got apparently so his dad's stuff's yeah. just been left there. Yeah, it's just uh, his secret lab that nobody else knew about, not even his employer that probably put all the funding into making that thing. And don't forget, don't, and don't forget Aunt it. May's struggling because she's studying to be a nurse with all these younger nurses is to keep paying off all the bills that they're paying which are probably setting up for the solo Aunt May movie that they were planning at the time as well oh boy it's like no 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 if you want to talk about a movie jumping around (laughs) this had like six plots going on if you okay and and I go going back to this I remember 
um peter parker's parents being alive i must have watched the like extended cut or whatever that has that his dad's alive and that was like right. a post-credit scene yeah that was, like, and i watched this out, one in like, the yeah. theatrical cut which did not have that in there so i was yeah. almost like surprised that we didn't see that but then i went back and just read some stuff and i was like oh okay so that's a part of that yeah but something they ended he, up cutting out but like his dad's apparently still alive after all of this right yeah which that part is i i don't even know what to think about that but the parent the parent storyline as much as it kind of distracts from the actual spider-man storyline i didn't mind it as much as i thought i would dislike it um and i guess i don't know maybe that was just like the nostalgia factor again like i hadn't seen this movie forever and i forgot about it that I don't part mind, of it but yeah i don't mind the story itself because like if you go into the comics and even the old cartoons and stuff like his parents were spies this this yeah, this is actual right. stuff i just felt like it was crammed in there right like, you could have and, built up to that you could have put stuff, easter eggs and stuff and built right. up to doing I something think they with do that an okay job of of at least introducing it in the first one but then they just drop it off you yeah. know they're like oh all right well his parents are gone okay bye you know like, yeah but even like that was a great introduction like okay his parents are a factor in this somehow so we can lead up to that right no yeah. spies we'll pick up right where the first movie started and go back to that and show what happened yeah. on the other side because why not right yeah um yep so as our time's kind of pushing on i want to hit the chat here and then i want to kind of wrap up with the finale of amazing spider-man 2 because that that deserves to be talked about before we finish and so I said, I felt um, Homecoming was trash with the end, but Mysterio, great casting there, but this trash script. Uh, do you mean Far From Home? That was the second one with Tom Holland. That's the one with Mysterio. Um, I I liked that one. I, I kind I of think... liked it. Don't get me wrong. I wasn't blown away mm-hmm. by it. I think, honestly, for me, my favorite part of it was Mysterio, though. he The whole oh, concept yeah. around how by he far. was created yeah. and everything was so cool. Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio was fantastic. Um, and in case saying they gave us a half-ass goblin, it's like, boy, did they ever. Oh Let's gosh. talk about that. And just as well as we're starting to wrap up the podcast, if you guys are listening and here on Twitch and haven't followed us yet, go ahead and hit that follow button. Help us get that little bar up to 200 followers and keep growing the channel. And oop, if I can pull up my thing. Also, make sure you follow us on our social media, if I can find it. There we go. And follow us on our social media and to keep up to date when we go live on here and the different stuff that we do as part of Comics of the Cross. Get our archives up on YouTube where this will be going up. And then also if you want to get some merch or support us on our Patreon, there's some links there. I just want to throw those out as we go on, guys. And as we wrap up, we'll let Isaac do shows out for the Infinity Bros stuff at the end as well. Yeah. Um, but I just wanted to throw it out there since we've got some people popping in that aren't usually here just to drop some follows. Um, but yeah, the finale, Amazing Spider-Man 2. We're, we're going to jump past Electro's Itsy Bitsy Spider music performance. <laughs> when I, I didn't even remember that. When I heard that, I was like, are you serious? Yeah. They, and I'm like, they did that. Okay. What's, All right, then. What's the more confusing part of that scene? The fact of like that he, for some reason, decides to play that tune or working out how he's doing it? Like... Jumping from all these if, different poles, apparently playing given musical electro notes. and a personality. Maybe that would be a yeah, thing. Yeah, if he's a do, little off kilter personality. personality, it was so jarring. It was just like, what this guy who is not joking. He like he wants to kill Spider Man. He's got no jokes whatsoever, and he's playing itsy bitsy Spider on the 
the grid? Like, what? Yeah. No way. Just... But anyway, we, t- we take out Electro. For some reason, Gwen Stacy shows up because, you know, when fighting supervillains, me being there physically is going to help, obviously. Yeah. Obviously. I'm like, I don't know why she was thinking of that one, but okay. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, then, and then... He was like, what are you doing here? And then he arrives. Cackling away, flying on his glider. <sighs> we get worst, Harry Osborn. of all Spider-Man movies combined is when this Hobgoblin, Spider... What the heck this thing is. Green Goblin, whatever you want to call it. Shows up. And it's just, it's just bad. He it's just looks straight up bad. So bad. This, this Green Goblin is the reason why, to me, this is the worst Spider-Man movie. Like, nothing can even. You can go into, sure. Um, what's his name? Topher Grace as, as Venom in Spider-Man Three. You can go into even James Franco as Hobgoblin in in Spider-Man Three. They're not nearly half as bad as yeah. this Green Goblin. I was this thinking is the like, worst villain ever in Spider-Man history. I was actually thinking this is very set up in a similar way to like Topher Grace's Venom. Like there's a lot of stuff that happens with him appearing in the movie that you think could build up to something big. And then for like the last 10, 20 minutes of the movie he becomes a villain and he like like Topher turns into Venom and like he turns into the Hobgoblin and it's like no you had him set up to set up as a big bad for something in the future. Don't cram him in, especially when you've already got another main villain. Or in Spider-Man's 3 case, two main villains. It's like, come on, don't do and that. Then, yeah. Man, and then what does, he do? what does he do? We don't even do anything. They have this half-assed yeah. fight. He just decides to randomly kidnap Gwen Stacy. <laughs> because apparently he's mad that Spider-Man wouldn't give him his blood. And I'm like, so he takes revenge on him? That's a kind of half-baked like, thing. Okay, again, this is another another thing that just had me, my eyes rolling so hard. He flies in. He's in between Gwen Stacy and Spider-Man. He looks back at Gwen Stacy. Looks back at Peter Parker. Looks back at Gwen Stacy. Looks back at Peter Parker. Like, six times. And then it's like, oh, now you realize that. Okay. Now we can move on with the movie after this 15-second sequence Just of a... you figuring out that this is Peter Parker. Well, you know, the, like, movie, the movie was like 15 seconds short. We had to pad for those 15 <laughs> seconds, you know? <laughs> like, ah, where can we cram this 15 seconds in? And I was like, oh, let's my do it right goodness. Here. Oh, man, that got me. I was like, okay, uh, yeah, you know what? During the Spider-Man 3 uh, movie, when Peter Parker is doing his Saturday Night Live strut... I roll my eyes, but I'm also laughing during yeah. that. There was no laughing during this. I was completely cringe eye rolling. Oh yeah, the whole just time during during the Green Goblin, uh, Peter Parker interactions. Ugh, yikes! And I will I will say like the visual effects are really good, especially in this last part where um, Gwen Stacy dies. Like they do a really good job at like the visual effects and the fight and stuff like that. Yeah. But man, that they, like you said, they crammed that whole interaction into like two minutes, like less than two minutes. Maybe I I don't know what the exact amount of time it is in the movie, but you build up the green goblin for this whole movie. 
And then all of a sudden he's dead in two minutes. Like just, it's a travesty of, of a part in this movie. It's really unfortunate. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's totally taken apart. Like her death is just kind of, it's thrown at the end. I know they tried to build up and stuff. And even if you go back and watch it now, there's foreshadowing at the start and stuff like with her graduation speech and right. It just, it feels unwarranted. It feels unwarranted that this was a death scene, and it just is it's done so quietly. I mean, if you look at the comics and the death of Gwen Stacy and that, there was so much build-up and so much rivalry right. between the Goblin and the Spider-Man that led to that moment of the Goblin setting up the situation where Spider-Man killed her. Um, yeah. It was just such a throwaway thing in this, and it's like... I, you know, I, I'll say I appreciate the... I appreciate, first of all, that Gwen Stacy dies, that they take that that jump um and yeah. you know make it the comic book um accuracy of that and the way that she dies is like very similar to the way she dies in the comics which is really cool yeah. and again this the visual effects in that scene they do make it very dramatic and i i did like that and appreciate it but yeah again with everything in this movie a lot of build up and not much payoff unfortunately yeah. and you know, like again, I think the I think the chemistry between Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone is great, which makes for a pretty sad ending, honestly. Um, but yeah. yeah, again, everything is just crammed into the the last ten minute fight scene or whatever, and you're left kind of like, oh, so that's it, huh? Okay, uh, all right, here we are at the end of the movie, and in comes Rhino. And you're like, okay, I should have turned this off five minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, like, it's, like, no, that was a... I get they're trying to show, like, he's getting back on the horse sort of thing, and he's doing, going back to yeah. being Spider-Man. I'm like, it just... And I, I will say, though, like, Rhino's almost as bad as the Green Goblin in this movie. But when he um, comes and stands behind that kid, I had, like, tears in my eyes. Like, that was a really yeah, emotional a really cool scene. scene. As... Like, him coming back, and, you know, like, that's one of spider-man's like main themes in his life is like perseverance like no matter what happens yeah. he gets back up and he is fighting no matter what basically um Absolutely. and and that so that was really cool and then the fact that like he is you know and i think this is almost even better than the raimi uh trilogy in this sense andrew garfield spider-man is like looking out for random people and and that kid specifically i think that's the kid that earlier in the movie he had helped fight off some bullies right and i'm pretty yeah, sure yeah yeah he fought him off and like he was happy that, he's that's talking really cool, about like, his connection like, scene yeah. like he has a really good uh friendly neighborhood spider-man feel to him yeah, and that he does. i think that pays off with this final scene which is the only good part about this whole last i don't know 10 minutes of the movie or something like that but uh that was that was really cool and then and then the rhino uh yeah and then the rhino <laughs> but Wolf yeah man uh and you know okay so now that we're done talking about it i had some interactions with uh some people this morning on twitter that said that spider-man 3 is the worst spider-man movie here's here's my final thoughts on that i won't go too deep into it since we're already two and a half hours into this podcast yeah pretty much but if you're if I'm looking at it from an objective standpoint, 
Amazing Spider-Man 2 is arguably a better movie than Spider-Man 3. Spider-Man 3 holds a special place in my heart because it's the first Spider-Man movie that I saw in theaters. I love Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. Um, the the black suit in Spider-Man 3 that Tobey Maguire wears is awesome. I love that suit. And I, like, the, the final reason that it comes down to um, Amazing Spider-Man 2 being worse than Spider-Man 3 is harry osborne in amazing spider-man 2 he's such a terrible villain that he transcends the whole spider-man 3 movie again like i said before yeah i roll my eyes it's cringy when spider-man is doing his strut down the street and he's dancing in the doorway but i'm laughing during that because it's a it's got the cheesy comic book feel factor amazing spider-man 2 has virtually zero cheesy comic book feel to it it's it's a very it tries to be edgy it tries to be real and it just doesn't work so that's why in my opinion amazing spider-man 2 is worse than spider-man 3 i almost i've been like thinking about it i almost think in my eyes spider-man 3 is better than amazing spider-man which i know a lot of people probably would be hesitant to to give that i know I was talking to Max Mosier this morning. He fully thinks Spider-Man 3 is better than both Amazing Spider-Man movies. I don't know if I'm ready to make that um, statement, but... Mm, I don't know if I'd say that, but like I can see where he's coming from with it, though. Right. Like, it's, yeah. I, it's, I can understand it's close, that argument. Man. It's close, because all of these movies are big missed opportunities, shall we say. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, that those are my final thoughts on why Amazing Spider-Man Two is my least favorite uh, Spider-Man movie. Yeah, for me it's probably the same. It's probably my least favorite just because it is the most all over the place. At least you know Spider-Man Three kind of has a a direction it's going. I feel like Spider-Man, right. Amazing Spider-Man Two, is just all it's, over the place. The whole both Amazing Spider-Man and Amazing Spider-Man Two are so just disjointed and not good, not well written scripts and stories. Like it's just no. not it's not good. They and they they nailed some things, but really big missed opportunities and missed execution in those definitely movies, unfortunately. All right, we should probably call this up a wrap here, um, as we're starting to push the two and a half hour <laughs> limit. <laughs> um, oh man! Last one in the comments there to share with the case was saying wrong actor for Venom is they crammed it into Spider-Man Three. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and Cage, if you're a streamer as well, let us know. I'd love to give you a shout out. Um, but I'll hand over to Isaac. Isaac, you want to do some plugging for the bros and for what you guys are doing and got coming up? Yeah, absolutely. So I am a part of a group called the Infinity Bros. We're a group of six guys who have a podcast. We stream on Twitch. We uh, just honestly like to have a good time and talk about nerdy stuff. So um, if you uh, would like to be a part of that, we've got a Discord. We've got Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch. Um, and you can check out theinfinitybros.com for more uh, information and all of our links and everything. Uh, we are on episode 47 of our podcast that should be coming out very soon, either today or tomorrow. And uh, to, I believe we have a review of Dominion in, in our podcast this week, as well as on the Daily Snap on the theinfinitybros.com. Um, so check those out. Um, if you're interested in nerdy stuff, I mean, that's kind of our thing. We just cover a wide array of, of nerdy culture um, in our podcast in 
streaming in uh in our website so definitely give us a follow and check us out if you have the time and are willing to do that absolutely and for everyone in the chat i've thrown up the links into the chat there so go ahead and follow them casey and i'll check you out it's like i love to talk yeah, about good. comic book movies too i'm glad you enjoyed the chat and it was good to have you here today cage if and um, if you're enjoying what you're seeing here go ahead and follow us here at comics and the cross and follow us on social media as well and go and check out the infinity bros great friends of ours absolutely love the stuff that they're doing and um, so let me check we're going to go ahead and quickly raid someone here on twitch we're going to attack someone and show them some love i think we're going to do a good kid dad today because he's streaming i guess they try and stream smaller streamers to give them some attention but we'll do a good kid dad so yeah. Um, so we love like you that. all guys you all have an amazing week and we will see you next week or well Nitro will see you all next week he's going to be doing either an art stream or a gaming stream I am actually off next Ooh. week first time like properly taking time off for the podcast um, <laughs> so I'm going to be taking some time off with some family coming into town and then the following week we'll be back to talk with you and then remember at the end of the month as well we're going to be talking with Dr. Bell um, regarding the book Dominion again but thank you for everyone that came and checked it out. If you are still in the chat, stick with us so we can go raid someone and have an absolutely amazing day. Excelsior.